Bueno, wow, Cruz guys. Cruz azul, la máquina azul. Cruz azul. Oh yeah. What's up, guys? Here comes the here comes the Mexican that is super pumped. What's up, guys? Another edition CYJ podcast. What's up, man? What's up, Janko, Josh? What to do, man? You've got a little bit of a uh, camping, a little bit of uh, burnt space, oh, bro. The charcoal. Mm-hmm. So normally, I look. It's pretty easy to notice that I'm a Mexican. After this camping experience, <laughs> I'm a little bit darker than usual. So it's Only uh, you can prevent forest fires. Yes, sir. <laughs> that was fun, man. That was a good weekend. Absolutely. I uh, I was telling Mr. F- Mr. Josh here that my favorite team. Well, actually, J- J- Yanko, I told you two weeks ago that yeah. my team was going to head down to the to the quarterfinals. Well, they made it. They won in the semifinals and now we're in the championship. We Believe it or not, you guys playing. We are playing Santos from Torreon, which is funny because my dad's actually a Santos fan. He's from Torreon. So it's father Dang. versus son. In the so for, for the ignorance of mind as myself when it comes to soccer, yeah, is Sat- Santos de Torreon a threat? They, they are. They are. I think it, it's kind of funny because they've been on this trend where every three years they win the championship. And guess what? We're at the three-year mark. And my team has actually lost six consecutive championships. Oh. So since we haven't won since 97. So safe to say I'm, I'm pretty nervous. I do see them as a threat, but I do believe that if any year is the year that they're supposed to win, as in my team, this has to be it. Because everything has just kind of fallen into place. So hopefully, 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 hopefully it happens. Guys, we got NBA basketball. We got we got Champions League soccer on Saturday. I know I know Josh over there is pretty pumped. Pumped. I'm pumped. Who wins? For those, Josh, um, who wins? Non-biased aside, who wins? I think Chelsea takes it, man. I really do. Um, I'm I'm trying to set my uh, my fandom aside, but I think Chelsea takes it. Who are they playing? Manchester City, which. Have made the first champions final. So and to I want to say yeah. for sure it's the first time ever, haven't they, Charlie? Yeah. Uh, as a as an organization, I know it has been changed a lot, but um, I know that's what Guardiola was striving for. But uh, they finally got over the hump. But I said this that the least opponent that they wanted to face was their fellow England rival to a certain degree. Um, I think they would have much rather faced Madrid than Chelsea, that these two clubs know each other very well. To put it in perspective, Yanko, and I'm not going to make it a soccer rant, it's if um, the Raiders face the Chiefs in a playoff spot. I mean, oh, okay. it's, it's two teams or anybody in the AFC West. I, I, and I would say, I would say well. Manchester City, think of a power who's been a powerhouse for the last 20 years but was irrelevant before that in football. Who's, who would that the apply Chiefs. to? The Chiefs? <laughs> No, but they won a Super Bowl in the early year, in the in the early so early early. Someone who wasn't a powerhouse, but all of a sudden have become one in the last few few yes. years. Oh, Patriots! Patriots are the perfect example, actually. I mean, they sucked the early before the two thousands. Patriots were pretty irrelevant. So the Patriots are yeah. like Manchester City. They're a good team. They've never won the big game though, so that's the only difference between the Patriots and Manchester City. And Chelsea, ironically, is the underdog in this team in this in this case. But historically speaking. They're, they're a dominant force in soccer. So. so I had a little bit of a brain fart because he said 20 years, and apparently I'm still living in 2005. 
Apparently, apparently, <laughs> yeah, bro. That's a a little while ago, bro. Nice um, first of all, so you guys, if you guys are listening, uh, thank you for your patience. I did get a few texts. Why uh, there was no podcast on Tuesday? Why there was no podcast on Wednesday? We decided to take a sabbatical week. There was a lot of angry fans, guys. Hey, I, like God. straight up. <laughs> like, Who wasn't was. angry? The wives. Mm. Oh yeah, my wife occasionally, like casually, said like. Already, those already been like two, three hours, right? And then the 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 two weeks ago, I told you guys I didn't make part of the pod because my sister was in town, so I sp- I spent some QT with her. Uh, but the following Monday, uh, I guess she was expecting it. I'm gonna be in the pod, and then she tells me later, "Oh, so you guys didn't do the pod?" I was like, "Really, really?" Oh, it was kind of <laughs> like, like a... sneak that one in there, you know? Uh, just, just, yeah, yeah, just. Just, you know, no, I, I got you. I, I got but you. Yeah. Charlie, we hit on it earlier. You were camping. Yes. Right. And then uh, just to, it's just uh, what I want to illustrate is that we have lives outside of football. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, you were camping. I was in New York last week. Nice. Uh, I flew in and then uh, Josh was the one that was actually readily available. But two out of three. And it, it which, uh, we mentioned it last time, Charlie, two weeks ago. That's what I like about the podcast and this this crew, this team, that we're just very flexible. As a matter of fact, you heard it here first. I won't be here on Monday either. Yeah. Oh, this nice. coming Monday? I'm much, yeah, my wife and I love to travel, dude. So we will cool. be in Seattle, actually. No problem, nice. bro. Enjoy it, my friend. You have fun. You have fun. It's, that's, that's what this, especially this is what it's all about, man. It's off-season. However, <laughs> just like off-season people do off-season things, once the grit and the grind of football starts, in two months, let give or take. Yeah, man. We're pretty much there. We're yeah. pretty much there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be as consistent as possible. Mm-hmm. I would even say uh, 99.9% with that 0.01% or 0.1% being there, which means that uh, anything can happen. Who knows? But yes, it's sir. good to be back. It's good to be uh, back on the airwaves of the interwebs. And into the years of the fans that care us at least slightly to either criticize or hear our imperfect opinions. And heck, I man, think it's we, actually like, been pretty good. No, I mean, the yeah. fact that it's the off season, um, we have been able to churn material. And thanks to you guys, too, you know, that have an opinion and have chimed in in the Gmail or in the IG or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's some people that have hit me up with some questions, and I'm sure you guys have had the same, too. So I think we made the, the most out of a quiet offseason for, for the sure. most part. Uh, so it's exciting that we're now, you know, gaining steam towards the season. And, and I think. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Yanko. No, and I think as the world starts healing from the obvious pandemic and people mm-hmm. start getting more comfortable with each other, the the fact that uh, the idea, and we threw this out before, maybe podcasts that we hold, maybe, uh, well, because the majority of the team is in El Paso, in El Paso, drafting uh, for fantasy. And uh, as we start talking about the schedule and then we start talking about things that happen, more interaction is a potential. So I look forward yeah. to that personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we're about to, thankfully, and we'll get to it, but thankfully there was big news, at least not big news, but considering that we're in the off season, there was good news and we'll get to those, but we're about to hit, I guess what, like about a month, give or take of really dead flow NFL wise. So now is the time guys to travel. Now is the time to relax and just kind of loosen up. 
So what are we going to do today? I'm going to give a little quick review of what we're going to go into. We're going to mention some of the news that have been going on. Big one, Julio Jones, uh, that came out today, does not want to go back to Atlanta. Right before we do that, just so you guys know, if you guys want to go ahead and, and just fast forward, we will be giving a, a, a breakdown pretty much of the entire AFC. What teams do we believe are in a good standing? Who's going to make the playoffs? Who's going to make ultimately the Super Bowl? At that point, we're actually going to go into in depth, uh, look a little bit into the strength of schedules. Some of the release, I know uh, a lot of the people saw the release already, so we'll be looking into that and then just the usual. All right, so guys, so Julio Jones, we kind of had heard it, but now it's starting to, to kind of build up. Any thoughts on Mr. Julio Jones? That was actually, this is funny. Um, I was hearing in the satellite radio, uh, uh, Undisputed, and it was kind of towards the end, and they were talking about Julio. And I'm, I'm sure you guys, if you're listening to this, you probably already saw it in Bleacher Report or whatever. But this is a first for Shannon. He actually picked up the phone, dialed Julio Jones, which I guess is his boy. Oh, what? And he just straight up asked him. He straight up asked him because Skip was going on and on and on that everybody wants to wear the star and that, uh, you know, he was going to be a cowboy and blah, 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 blah. So I guess Shannon was like, all right. So he called up Julio. Julio answered. And he asked him right there and then. Uh, and that's where he confirmed that he wasn't, he didn't plan to be a Falcon. So he wasn't going to be so a Falcon. that's how it came out. I didn't know. Yeah. So then um, he had, like Skip was telling him, ask him about the Cowboys. And, and he says he wants to go to a winner. So then Shannon's like, obviously, if you go to Dallas, you're not going to win. So he started laughing. He's like, nah, he's like, I'm not in. He didn't say I'm not interested in the boys, but he kind of just kind of deflected it, saying that he did not want to get kind of get mm-hmm. traded to the Cowboys. So I'm assuming that's how everything kind of just, yeah, you know, escalated quickly. But just a little churn for, that's like, funny. for you guys. That's funny. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, that. I didn't. I didn't know that. I just knew he wanted he wanted out. But I didn't know exactly exactly. Well, what's the what's the price tag? Uh, what's the price tag to get a guy like Julio? I saw his cap numbers. They're only going to be like twelve or thirteen for three. Oh, they were saying the Falcons were. This is before. Okay, the mm-hmm. Falcons were seeking a first round pick on draft day, around draft day for Julio, which wasn't going to happen. It was yeah. There was no yeah. takers. So at that point, I think they just you know. Uh, but I, Julio for sure a first round pick. I don't believe at this particular juncture of his career. Um, I'm not saying it sounds bad when you say he's not worth it. I wouldn't give up a first round pick for Julio. Uh, I think a later pick, a, a two is still, but I think I would still be a little bit more feasible, a two, mm-hmm. a three and, and so on. Uh, but it seems that he wants to go to a winner. Yeah. That, that's his thing. That's what I was hearing too. And, and the thing is um, the Falcons kind of have to make this trade. I was reading that it's going to help if they make a post june 1st trade rather than before so probably nothing will happen in the next couple of of days until june 1st but they kind of have to do it because to even draft their class they don't have enough cap space right now so they actually got to get rid of that money to be able to draft i mean assign their entire draft class so they're kind of in a situation now where uh, they can't get too picky with the with the cost of the of the of the exchange rate i guess and there's always a team right that is willing to do so Mm -hmm. uh i personally guys i don't know about you guys but i i thought about two teams one from the eight two from the afc and two from the nfc considering what julio said i'm gonna throw these names at you guys and you tell me what you guys think so in the AFC, in the nfc uh two various two obvious choices for me one being the packers and the second being the rams 
and then I'll dive in why. AFC, uh, two choices, again, in, in reference to what Julio said, that he wants to win. Uh, number one choice, the Pats, and number second choice, the Colts. Um, so th those are those are my perspective. They even did odds of uh, who would be a, a favorite. There was a lot of teams in the race. I know your Niners were there, Charlie. The Raiders were there. The Ravens were there. Uh, the Titans were there, I believe, too. Um, so there's a bunch of more teams involved. Uh, I just think what, what Julio has to offer, those are the, the four teams that I would that I would think that they would make Makes a run, sense. a legitimate run, and what Julio wants. Yeah, I, I, I would just throw a wrinkle in there, the Niners, because of the Kyle Shanahan. He was heard quote, he was quoted saying two years ago, there isn't a price too high to pay for a guy like Julio Jones. Due to the fact that we've traded away all our first rounders for the next couple of years, I don't know if we're gonna have the capital. But I don't, I don't dislike those ideas. I think the Rams are an interesting tweak because of the Stafford addition. I don't know how they are in cap, though. Uh, maybe that's a question for our listener, Freddie, to answer to well, us. The Rams seem to figure it out. Yeah, and, they, and that's true. They, have, they were able to shred off the golf trade, inherit Stafford, yet still have you know Aaron Donald paid one of the highest played defensive linemen which also at the same time have, um, what do you call it? It's the other guy they paid. I had a Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. They paid Jalen Ramsey. So they make it happen. They make it happen. And I think the Rams, cause they're aggressive. I would love to see him go to the Packers. I don't see it though. Cause Greenby's super conservative and they have, I'm assuming that a trade to Julio for Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers would be pleased with, with having Julio. Well, that uh, fixes everything. Right. But is it going to happen? I don't know. Wishful thinking. Uh, and in the AOC, obviously the, the the Pats, obvious choice. They got all these weapons, but I still think they need a true number one. And and maybe, you know, Julio just elevates that whole wide receiver room, although he might not be what he was. But I think just like his knowledge and his grind and his he's going to win in, 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 you know, with with Bill Belichick. And then the Colts, uh, I know I bash on Carson Wentz a lot, but they have a stud team. They do. And Frank Reich knows what to maximize. And if you really think about it, they have a bunch of young receivers, but they don't have a legit number one. They don't. Did T.Y. leave, by the way? No, he resigned. He, did he resign on a one-year deal? He resigned on a one-year deal. He's not a one anymore, but he's still he's still really good. And you bring a guy like Julio, and suddenly mm -hmm. T.Y. Can, can blow off pretty They well. have a bunch of crazy, like Pascal had had, you know, defense, Pittman, Pittman so they was, have a, they he started have, kind of breaking out towards the end of the year. So it was yeah. it was kind of I, I think out of those four teams, the Packers need to do absolutely anything. I think the Packers are the only team, if you ask me, that if they gave up a first round pick for Julio, it would make sense. It's the only team I think because to me it's it, it's the price worth paying for Aaron Rodgers to stay and yeah. just kind of salvage that situation. Not that he's not gonna stay, but make it a more manageable real situation. And that would be scary. The one that I was kind of a little puzzled, um, I don't know if you saw this, Charlie or Yinko, Chargers. The Chargers were in this mix too. And, and, and not to dismiss or not the fact that I would hate for him to be in the AFC West, no, because I would elevate the league. But I didn't get that. Much, much as the same as why people would say the Cowboys. Uh, it, it's, it's not – I know you want to get a you, – you want to make a, a strength even that much – Better, but how much better can it get already? Yeah, now, yeah let me exactly. Ask you this. Let me ask you this, Josh. 
and and not to not to bash on Mr. Yankel here because he's he's very quiet today. He's I think he's just quiet. taking it yeah, all in. He's taking it all in. I'm but looking I was my gonna, chops. I'm, I'm going to have a <laughs> nice. I, what I was going to say real quick was, why not try to test the market for what you can get for a Mike Williams? Remember, Mike Williams is is getting paid anywhere from fifteen to sixteen million dollars a year. He's injury prone. He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good, and he balled out with Justin Herbert last year. But he's still iffy. And if you ask me, do you want to get a Julio at 12 or a Mike Williams at 16? Everyone other than Yankel would probably say Julio Jones. So if you can test the waters and maybe get a fourth, fifth round pick for Mike Williams and then give up a second for Julio, that would would open. That would make sense. And and I would tell you, I I think it wouldn't be good for the Chargers or good for Julio to go to the Chargers because it's not to bash on the Chargers, but they're they're not in win now. That makes sense? You don't think so? they're they're not they're not you know in the position of the Packers position of the Rams position of the Colts with Pats they're they're going to make some noise but I think I still think there's a lot of unknowns Justin Herbert's a stud but you're getting a rookie head coach he's going to build this thing up they they retool offensive language is good but I'm not saying they're a project but they're not there yet which is the reason why I would love for him to go to the Raiders but if he wants to win now going to the Raiders does not guarantee you that no no it, it won't. Well, just to combat you to the fact that you brought it out and you threw it at me that I don't argue. I'm going to just come back at you. There you go. The Chargers are in win-now mode. I completely believe they're in win-now mode. Why? Justin Herbert is on the cheap rookie contract. Now is the time to throw all the money you can into these heavy contracts everywhere else. You bring as many stars as you can, and you win right now. You got it now. Well, Herbert is already done with year one. So you got three more years before, or two, really, if you think about it. He's got two before. The whole mm-hmm. time to extend them contract talks start coming out. So if and you I do get your point. Yeah. I do get your point. But if you're Julio, if you're Julio, you really want to go to the Chargers? Yes. I know the Chargers mentality is well, you got to win now because you have Herbert in the in the rookie contract. But that doesn't. Bro, Julio that, becomes the face of Los Angeles. That doesn't provide any any guarantee. Nothing's guaranteed. But that doesn't provide for you to say, yo, yes. I'm going to go to the Chargers because they're in win now. The organization is thinking they want to win now because of Justin Herbert's contract, but nothing is stated otherwise. Well, we got to remember, it doesn't even matter what Julio wants. For it championships. It also, also ultimately doesn't matter what Julio wants either because he doesn't have a no trade clause. So if, if, the, oh, yeah. if, the, if the, I don't think they'll do that because I think if anything, Julio has been a trooper for the Falcons organization. But ultimately, if the Falcons want to trade him to the Texans, they could trade it to the Texans. They ultimately that would be can. checked up, though. That would, that would, but they can. So I think Julio's point of view. I mean, if, if you're at, if you're if you're the Falcons and the Chargers come to you and they give you two second rounders, as much as Julio might say, you know what, they don't look as appealing. The Falcons are going to take it. It does. It, it ultimately, they're probably not going to. If it's something close between a team like the Chargers and a team like the Texans, well, yeah, I, I totally get that. They're they probably will kind of help a guy like Julio out. But they're not necessarily going to over overtake his his point of view that much. Yankel, you're super quiet, bro. Bring it in. Bring. I want. I want to hear your thoughts on this. So you brought up a good point towards the end, and I want to uh, go off on both of y'all for randomness, but uh, not necessarily with against you guys. So just go off on information. But prior to me doing that. Is there a chance, and this is a, a question to our listeners and to you guys, is there a chance that maybe, just maybe, Houston 
goes to Atlanta and says, I'll give you this much. And here's a package. They get Julio and then they couple it to flip it. Right. Maybe they get rid of another contract. Maybe they get rid of Deshaun with with him, you know, just to add some capital to flip it. Buy, so you're saying buy, an NBA, NBA style trade where you're kind of just moving pieces to move again. Exactly. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that he lands in Houston, but you get it and then you kind of flip it. Just just a random idea that came into head. Now, let me let me bring it all back in. The current deal for Julio, to be specific, if the Falcons move him prior to June 1st, which is a week from now, mm-hmm. they will owe $23.3 million in dead cap money. A figure, a figure that sharply decreases after that date down to $7.8 million. <laughs> in the NFL today, to try and get out of an organization that doesn't want to let you leave or that you don't, you can't figure out a way to finagle yourself. Players have gotten really creative to do so. Deshaun got before he got into his legal issues was trying to pry himself and force himself out. Odell was kind of the trendsetter of how to get out, right? Mm-hmm. Promoting himself, moving around, blah, blah, blah. What did Julio do to do that? Here's my thought process. A, he walked around Dallas with a Dallas Cowboys jersey. Does he want to go to Dallas? He said that today on his opinion. However, excuse me. You're on mute, You're on mute bro. But he did that to, I think, stir the pot. You never, ever see any other team player, especially the face of a franchise star player, wearing some other team's apparel. So what is yeah. he doing in Dallas, wearing a Dallas Cowboy sweater, stirring the pot? Second, who can you guys remember answered the phone on live TV knowing that the potential was there? Shannon Sharp is a polarizing global guy. I mean, the amount of followers he has, the podcast podcast that he has on Club Shay Shay, which is hilarious, <laughs> and uh, everything that promote that he promotes Shannon Sharp does knowing that you're getting that call is either one. If you're completely oblivious, he's trying to get stuff for his show slash podcast or two. It's planned. Julio planned it. (laughs) Julio planned it. Shannon Sharp planned it to say, Hey, let's try this method and put it out in the public to, for them to hear you, not your agent, not rumors, not any of that to hear you, saying what you want to say, what you want, and how to dictate that. I don't think any organization has ever been in a situation where their star publicly says it. What other better avenue than to find someone who can promote it, someone who can push it, someone who is going to benefit from it, non-monetarily directly from him, and getting out on national airways to to break news. This is the biggest news. I mean, aside from Aaron Rodgers, which is honestly, I think, eclipsing it, the fact of how he promoted himself and wanting out of Atlanta and then kind of dissing on the Cowboys a little bit to prove, hey, I'm done. There is no rumors. I'm done. I'm out. I think Julio has done, and this is my personal opinion, I think Julio has done enough in Atlanta. He has done everything. The amazing catch he had at the end of the Super Bowl, the the numbers he put up, he's being talked about as a great receiver for a reason. It's not like if it's some Joe Schmo. It's not like if he's... 
he's been he's Odell, and Odell Odell gets his you know his own respect. Bounced around, trying to bounce around the league. He has he sat out for a couple of games for injury. Yeah, but nothing significant, nothing ear ending, nothing to where it wasn't uh, critical to his career. Right, he's been out a couple of games. I know last year, for example, he was out against the Raiders in Atlanta, and he was on the sidelines and whatnot. I think the Falcons are in a situation where you get the best for what you get. You just drafted Kyle Pitts. Do you think that they drafted Kyle Pitts knowing that they were going to potentially move on Julio to try and set up another star, another person that's going to be taking over the reins statistically and helping Matt Ryan? They had, what, Russell Gage last year. They had uh, Calvin Ridley, who blossomed. I forget who else they have. Mike Davis looks amazing Hayden uh, Hurst. physically. Yeah, Jaden Hurst as running back. I'm not saying he's going to have a, a breakout season, but it's it's something that I think they can move on from. Now, so, so where does it go, Yanko? Well, that's where I was going to go. According to Vegas. His PowerPoint just got to that slide. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, after the you did, it's on, 68th you didn't hear, slide. You didn't hear the click. The, <laughs> odds, the odds for Julio Jones will be playing next season, and this came out after today, after the whole... Man, Vegas loses no time. No, no, no. <laughs> Tied for the best odds at number one, Falcons, Chargers, Patriots. Okay, so let's let's move the Falcons out of the way. He stays right. in Atlanta. Let's move them out of the way. Okay. The top five, all right, are Chargers and Patriots tied, followed by the Ravens, the Colts, and then tied again, Raiders Titans. Raiders Titans. Raiders Titans. Yep. So to give to give our 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 listeners and you guys some perspective, the the odds are set at at over five hundred, right? Mm-hmm. So Chargers Patriots over five hundred, Ravens Colts over six hundred, Raiders Titans over seven hundred, and then surprisingly enough, Jaguars and Niners at over eight hundred. Hmm. Why he would land with the Jaguars? I have no idea, but for some reason, Vegas seems no, to believe. No, it's not too crazy. It's not too crazy. It's not too crazy, but here's my opinion on all of it, though. Baker Mayfields and the AFC Browns. Guys, I did some research real quick while you guys were talking about it. There's extensions looming for Mayfield, Chubb, and cornerback Denzel Ward. But Ward and Mayfield, interestingly, are under team control through 2023. The franchise tag is an option for Chubb. Beckham doesn't have a dime guaranteed left on his deal after this season. And the Browns are currently sitting on $21 million in cap space. So they can make the move. They can make the move. Is that what you're they saying? Can, they Browns? can make the move. And if the Browns were already favoring... Make the move for who? For Julio. For Julio? Yeah. They have the, the Browns money. would go with Julio. Yeah. You get Okay, you, so, so uh, that that's what you're thinking, Inko, or, or that's where, where you're taking this? That's where I'm going where it, it where it isn't the teams that you guys has mentioned. Along okay. with, yeah. with so just, just for another, sake of argument, another, just an, for another, sake of another layer. Right, exactly. Okay. Another layer. Because not that it's your top choice. It's just not another. Not that it's my top choice, but think about it, guys. It's not irrational because he wants to go somewhere where they're going to win. If he, if they win the division, which I think they can, 
they're in the playoffs. They can. Mm-hmm. I think they can. They've loaded up on defense. They they have a good offense. There's a bunch of and not that the I'm saying that the Browns are trying to hit cliche with their mascot that they're dogs, but they're dogs, man. I mean, you've got a good core of semi-young to young athletes there with Odell coming back. You move Jarvis Landry juice into the slot or an inside receiver. And now you've got an X and a Z completely open. One of them's going to feast. One of yeah. them's going to eat. There's no way a defense can cover Julio Odell, Jarvis and Juco. And then you still have uh Kareem hunt and Chubb. That that's sounds why like a- I find it. That's why I find it. I would find it hard to believe because you are investing so much money into Julio that you can't like, I, I feel you're going to have to take some people out of the field and you can only put so many players at once on, on the field. And even that's if- why I think it would be moronic n- not that the odds are there, the but Chargers. just from my perspective, the Cowboys, yeah, same the thing. Cowboys going, it's the same thing. It, it, you're, you're adding, I know your logic's like, okay, well you're only the rich get richer, right? Your position of need is not a receiver, but you're going to add another receiver that there's only one ball. True. And, and, True, and only certain people can feast. And now the Browns, I did, I discount that and not to turn away your point, but in my eyes, the Browns are run first and, and they proved it to you with Odell exiting when he got injured, they got better. The Browns got better. Yeah. Meaning that when they have an eccentric receiver, not that Julio isn't, but Odell, if you have Odell in your in your uh, in your receiver court, you're so obsessed with giving him looks. Now, because in that obsession with Baker Mayfield, is that's going to take you away from the one thing that you do great, which is run the ball. Like your whole thing runs, or, it, or it, it's just like Tennessee to a certain degree. What is Tennessee going to do? Is, right. is Tannehill? They're going to run it down your throat. With King Henry, it's the same thing with the Browns. They're going to run it down your throat with Chubb and Hunt, and then they're going to open up play action. But so I like so that's with Tennessee. So what, yeah, no, it does. What about what about in the point that Yanko's making though? Kind of what I mentioned right now with the Chargers, same concept. The money that you're paying OBJ and the money that you're paying Julio, to me, if you're going to get a guy like Julio, that means that OBJ's on his way out. I cannot see them coexisting. Not because mm-hmm. OBJ and Julio, Julio's not a diva. He's not. OBJ is. I just don't believe they can coexist. So at that point, if you bring in Julio, I do think they're an upgrade over over OBJ. But I just don't think they can coexist. Both because at that point you get like you say it as a pro, but I think it's a con to have OBJ, to have Julio, to have Njaku, to have Jarvis Landry, to have Austin Hooper. It's just so Mr. Peoples Jones, who's pretty good last year. So Yanko, okay, your hunch. Your hunch. You, you threw us hypotheticals. You right. gave us a presidential speech. Your hunch. Where does Julio go? Not name Falcons. I want to give you one AFC team and one NFC team. AFC right. team, I think they go. he goes Titans. The right. Titans have right. a weak uh, subpar wide receiving core. Other than A.J. Brown, who's there? Now, yes, King Henry, he's a beast. He's a monster. And what happens when he gets tired? What happens when he gets injured? I think they become, become legitimate AFC title contenders with Julio there. I mean, A.J. Brown as it is. Now, they lost Corey Davis. They lost uh, Jonu Smith. They did lose mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So if you bring Julio in, that becomes a powerhouse and already in a weakish division. Mm-hmm. More weak than what he would be in with the Browns. And you can't box the run anymore. You just then, can't bring exactly. everyone in. It's it's 
one or the other. It's it's kind of pick your poison. Yeah. For teams that don't have a great secondary, you know where it's going. Yeah. For teams who can't stop the run, you know where it's going. Two, I think he can legitimately land in Arizona. Whoa, that was that a left side? Whoa, D Hop and Julio. I mean, actually, don't get me wrong. D Hop and Julio can coexist. That's where it's different from OBJ. Whoa, I just don't. That's. Dang, I think he can land in that's Arizona. Bold. That's bold because of the moves that Arizona's been making. Arizona's trying that? to capture a lot in a little bit of a time window. Look at what they did in the offseason. They went and went and got AJ Green. They have D Hop. Then they went and tried to. They drafted. A defensive, about AJ Green. yeah, they drafted a linebacker. They're trying to load up on defense. They drafted Re- another receiver. They I think in the second a- round or the late round. Yeah, they did. You're telling me that if you can't get Julio for one, two years in a division that's already competitive and the NFC, I don't. I know that the Packers is is a sweet deal. I know that maybe going to the Ravens is a sweet deal. But I'm trying to think of the teams that maybe we're not really thinking of. And I think Arizona is a feasible team to fit what he's looking for. You add him a cap, though. I don't think the Saints had the cap to live either, but then they make it That's work. True too. too. I think they any team can make it work. I think any mm-hmm. team can That's make true. it happen. But realistically, aside from the Packers, who haven't proven that they can actually make Aaron happy. Yanko, how would you feel if Mayock pulls a trigger and gets Julio? Oh, I would be ecstatic. I would be ecstatic. But as Raider, as Raider fans, uh, what is to, what's the price to pay where you still feel comfortable? Let's say pick. Honestly, man, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. You're going to you straight up. up you're gonna laugh. I will give up first. Why? Same. Because none of your first round picks have shown that, okay, you already know what you're going to get in Julio. Why squander a first-round pick on a Cleveland Farrell, on a Jonathan Abram, which I'm a big fan of, on a Josh well, Jacobs, way, which way, we know he way, produces, picks. Yeah, on a Leatherwood, a tackle, on a Colton Miller? What's the difference? At least you know you're going to get somebody established. It's it is going to elevate your offense that much higher, and it's going to you have a young receiver core is going to elevate your receiver core. But I think. Based on what Julio said, and it goes back to what you kind of said too, Charlie. He doesn't Charlie, want to be there. He doesn't want to be there. Why? I mean, maybe there's that Alabama factor that is warm and fuzzy because Ruggs is from Bama. Jacobs is from Alabama. It, it, so that could it, work in y'all's favor. Leatherwood. It could. So real quick. Yeah, Leatherwood so now. Can, so we can wrap it up. Let's just, off the bat, just no explanations. So your two teams, again, Yanko, are? Titans, Cardinals. Titans, Cardinals. Josh, your two teams are? Rams, Pets. My two teams are going to be Chargers and just think Packers. That's what I'm just going to go with. And out those. of everyone, out of everyone, can we agree that if he goes to the Packers, the Packers are now back in the NFC Championship? I believe that they're the best team in the NFC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even with, even with uh, terrific Tom in Tampa. Yes. Dude, what? you have Devontae. Yeah. Devontae and Julio. And Aaron Jones. Hey, bro. That, that, that's With I mean, Aaron feeding them. Yes. And remember, Tanyan came out of nowhere last year. And and remember this, the Packers receivers that they have right now, the MVS of the world and the Lazard, they're not good number twos. But if you ask me, they are above average number threes. And it would just be ridiculous receivers that suddenly you have MVS at the slot running streaks down the field. Oh, that's crazy, bro. 
All right, guys. Interesting so, to note that the Cowboys and the Packers, according to Vegas, have the same chances of getting Julio. I, I've read so many articles, and just to finish that point, is every team has to be interested in Julio. Yeah. <laughs> guys like who? I mean, remember how what the what the Falcons gave up to the Bronco, uh, the Browns, sorry, to pick up a guy like Julio. So at the end of the day, he's available. Do what you got to do. Get Julio. Get your get your guy for another three years, and let's go with it. All right, guys. So that was the talk for Julio. Uh, the draft ended. What was it? We're actually about a month exactly since the draft ended. We were going to do. Uh, we're this is going to be two segments basically this week and next week. Uh, this week we're going to go into depth with the AFC teams. Uh, what do we get out of the AFC? Where do we see who, who who do we think wins each division? Who gets into the playoffs? Who wins? And who gets to the NFC AFC championship? So let's go into and, and let's break them down by divisions. So number one, I'm going to let you guys know we're, we're going to start with the AFC North. And just for sake of the listeners knowing this, I'm going to let you guys know the eight teams they're going to be playing that every single one in that division will be playing. So what divisions will they play? The AFC North will be playing the NFC North and the AFC West. So just for sake of, of a little bit more knowledge, the AFC North will be playing the eight teams between the NFC North and the AFC West, plus their own division, plus a few other games. But just for sake, those are the eight games that we want to kind of focus on. So with that in mind, guys, do I don't think we're going to have consensus here. Actually, I don't believe that we actually agree who the number one team in this division is. Let's let's expand on that. Who do we believe that the, the best team in this division is? I'm not going to say that they're the best team, but it's the team that I think is going to win the division. Okay. Okay. I say Browns. Okay. So there might be consensus because I feel Yanko, you're on the same boat. Yeah, man. I've said Browns since uh, the beginning. I'm sticking with the Browns with or without Julio. (laughs) 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 Well, for sure, for sure. Let's put it this way. If they were to get Julio, then they would definitely win that division. I'm going to take Charlie. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I just feel that the Ravens, I I don't like the Ravens in the playoffs, but I love the regular season Ravens that they are. And they're a good defense. They didn't lose much because they lost their left tackle, the right tackle, Mr. Brown, but they still picked one up in the draft. It's hard, it's, it's so hard to stop uh, Lamar Jackson during the season. That's a good point, though. The Ravens are a great regular season team. Mm-hmm. They are. And, and to put it in perspective, Josh, if the Ravens win the division, I could still see a team like the Browns beating them in the playoffs. I mm-hmm. just don't think the Browns can beat the Ravens in the regular season. If you if you kind of mm-hmm. get my vibe, it's yeah. The Ravens are John Harbaugh is such a good coach, and that's yes. why. Even I, I feel the Ravens win it, and I think the Browns and the Steelers are going to struggle with each other. And I think that's where the Browns are going to struggle because I don't think the Browns can sweep the Ravens. If anything, I think they go one and one. But I think the Ravens actually beat them twice. And the Steelers, even if the Steelers stink, the Browns always struggle with the Steelers at Heinz Field. Always, no matter what, except in the playoffs last year. But they always struggle at Heinz Field. It, it always, it almost feels like they always play Week One, and the Steelers. Put like a forty burger on them. Demolished them. Yes, it, it just it always happens. And there's the a big monkey off their back. Don't a big monkey came off their back beating the Browns. I mean, yes, the Browns the, beating the Steelers in the playoffs. No, for sure, for sure. It, it, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying I think the Browns come out of their division three and three. Just so, so you got okay. So you have uh, the Ravens winning the North, mm-hmm. and who do you got at second? 
I got the I, at that point I do have the Browns. I have the Browns, the Browns. at number two. Browns okay. at number and, two. I got the, yeah. Go ahead. Let's go. And then at three, I got the okay. Same. Number let, let, yeah, okay. Let's, let's stick go. with number go. two. Yes. Um, who do you got winning or who do you got uh, number two in the North AFC North Yanko? Number two, I have the Ravens. The Ravens. So we're flipped. I have the Ravens as well. Yeah, we're flipped. Okay. I have the so, Ravens as well. So are, are, are we in agreement that the Ravens and the Browns, do you guys agree that it's still a toss-up between these two teams? Or do you yeah, feel think just it extremely vivid? Like you're, you're sure that the Browns are, are just going to take over this year. I'm just, I'm weary of the, not passing ability, but passing attack of the Ravens. They went and drafted a, uh, the guy from Old Miss who, I just thought they needed size at wide receiver and they didn't get it. Is yeah, it Elijah Moore? I think they got Elijah Moore they and th- with Hollywood Brown, I just think they lack size. Now they could play. No, to... Elijah Moore didn't go with the Ravens. Actually. I think that was just in the mocks, but we didn't go there. I think the well, jets got him. But anyway, I don't think, it, it I don't think they got a guy with size and I mm-hmm. think they needed a guy with size, uh, a Julio Jones type, a Mike Williams size type, a, <laughs> ah, an AJ Brown you, size. You, size you couldn't type. say Mike Evans, right? You had to say oh, Mike no. Williams. a DK size. Wow. type. Yeah, they did it. They didn't get it. And not that it makes a difference. They could totally play around having just guys of a certain speed of a certain style and mold their their uh, offense around it. But I just think that you guys said it best. They do good in the offseason. But with the Browns and how they're coming in hot and what they're doing, how they ended last year. Remember, guys, they're a few plays away of beating the chiefs in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a slump. I think they progress and I think they get better. And I don't think the Ravens can handle that saying that I think the Steelers have an off year. And that's why I don't, I'm not pulling the Steelers over the Ravens. Usually I'll put the Steelers over Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think go, one and two is uh, Browns Ravens and AFC North. For sure. For sure. Uh, so I think me and Josh are in the, in the, in the thinking that, it's, it's a toss-up there. It could be either one, but ultimately, I'm going to go with Ravens. He's going to go with Browns. Let's jump to number three. I'm going to say Steelers. I think this is where the three of us are going to agree, and not because I believe in the Steelers. I actually don't like the situation of the Steelers because I think they're one, one big Ben injury away, and we know at this point of his career, it happens all the time. And the fact that they got Mason Rudolph as the backup, that's got to scare you. So I, th- that just kind of shows you how – how much work the Bengals have to do still, because I think the Steelers are just, they're not there. They're definitely, if you're looking at the stock market right now, the Steelers are trending down. The Bengals are trending up, but right now the share is still better for the Steelers than it is for the Bengals. If you ask me, I just don't like, I I like that the Bengals went and they got themselves a sexy receiver, but I said it in that podcast that we had for the draft. They needed an offensive lineman. They needed the best offensive lineman of the draft and they didn't get it. They, they, they wanted the whole chemistry thing. I, I feel that's going to bite them. They're going to bite them in the butt because it, it's – unless they're building for the long term. But to me, they might break Joe Burrow before that long-term plan comes into uh, fruition. So what are y'all's thoughts? Three and four, do we agree? Yeah, and I think the, the Bengals should have drafted an offensive tackle instead of Jamar Chase with their number one overall pick that they got. Mm-hmm. But Joe Burrow – He's a he's a baller. He's a good guy. He's you know he's got that it factor to play the position, especially in a division like that. 
but he played what six games, seven games. I think he just needs more experience. I think he'll be a, a force to reckon with later on, especially uh, when Big Ben exits pit. But yeah, I think they're number four. Completely agree. Yeah, agreed. Steelers. Um, I think the Steelers are in a in an interesting crossroads. No, the uh, life after Ben. You you got to think that life after Ben because this is probably his last season. I don't know. Uh, and uh, so yeah, I, I would I would think they're they're a very talented team. The Steelers are, and and but I, I don't I see them as three. And the Bengals, of course, I think the Bengals have um, to a certain degree. Uh, although I think this team is more talented, but I they they're in a similar similar situation than the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals, I think, have more talent than the Bengals, but both teams are not convincing at the head coaching position. Yes. Uh, so I think the Bengals the again. Tree. Yeah. So uh, although Joe Burrow might ball out, and I agree with you guys, we talked about it already. They they went with a sexy pick instead of addressing perhaps a, a need at protecting quarterback. But Zach Taylor, man, really. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't know. It might shock some teams, but at least I think the consensus is, is all around. It uh, could be that the ba- and the Bengals could be that team that can beat anybody any week, I think, because right. of the team that they have. They just might now remember, there's see. a huge turnover year after year. Yes. We talked about this too in playoffs. There, there's a big chunk of teams that exit it. It's a weird anomaly. And then there's a new breed of teams that kicks it. guarantee. So, I do think that the Steelers can conventionally – not conventionally, conceivably catch lightning in a bottle if and when Najee Harris has a stellar running back rookie season. Because if they can take the payload off of Ben and win with running, I said yeah. it last time, I think the Ra- the Ravens, the Steelers continue their 11-0 season, maybe only losing two games total if they have a dominant running game. Mm-hmm. And if Najee Harris can do that for them and they successfully replace their center pouncey Villanueva, who left that offensive line, and they can run the ball at a, with the with the back like that, and he is worth the first round pick that they used on him. I think conceivably they can overtake the Ravens. I just don't trust the Ravens. I just don't. I don't feel like the Ravens have enough if the Steelers get that much better. No, oh, yeah, and 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 we've said it time and time again. Everybody says it. Defense wins championships, and and, and the Steelers was probably the best defense in the NFL last year anyway. So For sure. yeah. that, that ultimately gives them a fighting chance. That that automatically gives you a chance in every game. So it would not even be crazy, guys. It would not be crazy that the Steelers even end up winning the division. That's how the right. Steelers are. You said if they, if they catch lightning in a bottle, it could just happen. So quickly to wrap up the AFC North. Out of the four teams, so I got the Ravens one, you guys got the Browns. How many of these four teams make the playoffs? I got the Ravens and the Browns making the playoffs out of these two teams. So out of the seven in the AFC, I got two teams right now, Ravens and Browns. I have the Browns winning the division and the Ravens going in as a wild card. Okay. And you, Josh? Same. Same. Browns and Ravens uh, making playoffs. Gotcha. So so we all agree, two teams only. We're not going in with the third in this division, right? Only two. Correct. Okay. Perfect. So we got Ravens. We got Browns. Make sure you guys write that down so right now we can actually – Make sure that note when we get into the playoffs. So let's transition into the AFC South. I'm going to mention the teams they're facing against once again. They, I think they, the, the AFC South has got a little bit of the toughest schedule in these divisions. AFC South has to play the NFC West, and then they got to play the AFC East. So that's already a, a, a tough pill to swallow. 
right off the bat, guys, do we all agree on the division winner here? I think we do, but I think Josh has a, a real hatred <laughs> towards the quarterback there, so maybe not. I'm going to just say real quick, and I won't expand so you guys can talk. I'm going to get – I got the Colts at number one, and I'll, 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 I think I've said it many times, but let's go with you guys. Same. Colts. Agreed. Uh, nothing against – I already know my disdain for Carson Wentz, but the Colts are a very talented team. And I think they're going to win because the division is in disarray. Um, I won't expand on that much further, but yeah, Colts. Colts. Yeah, I think half of the division is desert. Desert. What you say? Disarray. Disarray. In disdain. Disdain. Another perfect word. Nice. However, I trust Frank Reich more than I trust Mike Rabel. That's a good point. That's a good point in the sense, and. Yeah, the Titans, I think the Titans can be good. And if they add Julio, then I'm going to move them up over the Colts. I think my opinion, man, honestly, um, I don't think the offense is an issue with Tennessee. I think the issue is defense. And they had such a huge turnover on defense. Look at the secondary that the Titans have right now. It's nothing compared to the secondary they had last year or the year before. They cut everybody. Because they were terrible. Malcolm Butler, uh, Vaccaro, and then... It just everything, which is surprising because Mike Vrabel is a defensive coach. So you would figure that his staple on the team is defense. They did go get Bud they, Dupree. Yeah, well, they did. I mean, they addressed. And, and they're, you know, they, they're, they tried. They tried to get better on defense. Well, they were not really sure. But I okay. feel Vrabel is more of a one of those good coaches that he just he gets his guys going. I don't necessarily think he's the best on the drawing board kind of guy. But I think he's a good – he just – he gets people to start playing the right way. Now, this is where I'm going to surprise you guys because I actually don't believe the Titans are even – not even number one. I don't even think they're number two in that division. Believe it or wow. not, I actually got the Jacksonville Jaguars at number two. And hear me wow. out. Yeah, this is <laughs> No, to me, the Titans are going to fall because I do believe, Josh, that the Titans are in trouble on offense. Why? Yankel brought it up a little bit earlier. They got A.J. Brown. But people are not talking enough about the losses of Jonu Smith and Corey Davis. The whole Derrick Henry, that thing works because they were running the play action all year long. Think about, think about the guys that have fantasy football. How, all the peoples of the world that had Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. If you had those two players last year and Jonu Smith, those guys were producing for you. Now, at this point, if you go in there without Jonu Smith and you go in there without Corey Davis – Teams are going to just – all they got to do is stop Derrick Henry. As good as A.J. Brown is, I think A.J. Brown is good, but I think he was really good last year because Corey Davis had a breakout year. Robin is not there anymore. Batman has to do it himself, and I just don't think A.J. Brown is going to be that good. So, to me, I, I, I we said it how there's always that one team that surprises everyone. I really like the Tim Tebow-led Jaguars. I just ah. – I think this team is just headed the right wow. way. Wow. No, I really do. The only do. thing he's good for is selling jerseys, bro. <laughs> Heck yeah. No, forget Tim Tebow. I, I really like – maybe I'm totally wrong. I probably will be. But don't be surprised if the Jaguars – I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm just saying the Jaguars are number two in this division. So I think to just to talk about what you just said, Charlie, and I'm not saying you're wrong, uh, but I think addition by subtraction, uh, Corey Davis I still think is a little overrated. Uh, A.J. Brown is is the – is the dog and Absolutely. he, he got most of, 
I would assume he, he was a more talented receiver and, and he garnered the most attention. Uh, I think Corey Davis just benefited actually from having AJ Brown on the other side. Uh, and just to allude to the point last year, his stats, he had 65 catches, 984 yards and five touchdowns. In 2018, he had similar production, 65 catches, 891 yards, four touchdowns. So he has yet to crack a thousand yards as a receiver. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Janu, Janu, I think his his production, which just came good, he it wasn't really catching; it was more so red zone threat. Uh, but I was trying to think right now. And blocking. The, and blocking. Don't forget that aspect. Yeah. Um, the the other guy who replaced Janu. Um, Man, what is his name? I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to look him up here right now. Ferk 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 That dude came out of nowhere, man. And I don't say he's Janu, but he had a good a couple of good games in his pocket. So maybe that's why they felt comfortable enough to letting mm-hmm. Janu walk. They don't do anything crazy. The Titans no. do. They don't, and it's easier said than done. But that offense, no matter how you slice it, we saw it too. It it the the book stops with Derrick Henry. Uh, how many, how many times have you had Derrick Henry last year? You, you either had highs or you had really lows because mm-hmm. when they would stop the run, they would stop the run. Right. right? And, and they just and, wouldn't work. And, and that was it. So I don't think the drop off is going to be too crazy, but I personally take uh, the Titans as the second team. Now, let me South. just, I do want to note that I do think that if the Titans improve, just let's say they were probably bottom five in the NFL on defense. If they can improve and get to the middle ground of the NFL and defense, I do think that 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 flips. I just I, I, as much as they made moves, I still think defense has it doesn't just work like that where you bring on all these players and they immediately get better. I, I just I'm not sure that's going to be the case. That's why I have the Jaguars there because I just think the times are going to drop off. I have a theory on Jacksonville, but I'll tell you guys right now. Cool, Yanko, and who do you take at two? Just uh, real quick, I, I do think it's the. The Titans, they added Caleb Farley, the highly coveted cornerback. Virginia in the first Tech. Round. Yeah, he hasn't played for a while, but they going back to what Charlie said, they're trying to address the defense. And I'm looking at their current uh, defensive roster now, and Rashawn Evans is there. And then you've got uh, Jayon Brown and Bud Dupree at linebackers. And then, well, at cornerback, they, they drafted – uh, Caleb Farley, who they think is going to line up on the right side. And then the other quarterback is Janoris Jenkins, which, eh, you know, the he's rabbit. boomer bust almost. Yeah, he's, he's boomer bust. And they've got some other uh, sizable players. At tight end, they do have, you're right, Anthony Fersker. 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 And then Jeff Swaim, Jared Pinkney, and Tommy Hudson. Who are they? I have no idea. Just they Fersers. did draft... Yeah, and they did draft a a tight end, but would it be uh, far fetched to think that all of the valid points that you guys just made goes away again if Julio or is remedied if Julio lands in Tennessee? Yes, if Julio lands in Tennessee, I would say the Colts might actually have a rival with with the with the by the Titans. So Julio is that big of a of a game changer. I'm not trying to diminish your opinion on the Jags, Charlie, but I want to disagree with you because I, there's just too much, too many first timers in Jacksonville. You got a first year head coach 
in the NFL. Has Urban Meyer coached in the NFL before? I don't think he has. No, no. I so don't know a, if he has as an assistant, but I, I know for a fact head coach. No, you've got you've got a team that's that's new, that's fresh, and there's just too much newness to me. Without now, they could they could be, you know, beginners' luck and 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 completely take the South by storm. But I go back to lean on coaching and experienced coaching. And the Texans are going to be just kidding. Colts, Titans uh, are one and two. And, and, and just to know, guy, remember, they're playing the NFC West and the AFC East. So to me, it's more of a, I think the Colts are going to be like an 11 and 16. And then I think the drop off is just going to be big. So even though I have the Jaguars are two, I think everyone, Jaguars, Titans and Texans, they end up with a losing record. That's how I, I just feel that. Think about it. NFC West and AFC East, other than the Jets, those other seven games, I'm not sure you win them other than the Colts. I don't think the Titans can beat those seven teams. I, I, I find it hard. So that's why I feel that even though I got the Jaguars up there, it's not that they're going to be great. I just feel that they're just going to be second place in the division. Still a, a team like a eight and nine kind of thing or a seven and 10 kind of thing. That's how I kind of see the transition there. So and with that in mind, out of those four teams, because we agree, we don't even have to talk about the Texans, right? Texans are number four. Dumpster fire. Right. Yeah. All right. So they're number four. So out of these four teams, how many playoff teams do you guys see? I only got one and it's the Colts. But I I'd got, like to I've got you two. There. You got two. Yeah, I've got two. I only, uh, I only got one, the Colts. Um, I'm not going to go into anything. I think the Titans are going to stay in the playoff race till the end. But they're going to come up short. Uh, the Jaguars are going to be in uh, and the Texans. Now, I was, I was the only small point I was going to make about the Jaguars yeah. is um, Urban Meyer can't coach. He hasn't, he hasn't proved it in the professional level. Uh, but I think so far, if you really think about it, not questioning his character, his coaching ability, because I'm nowhere near a coach. Uh, but you guys got to remember, I don't know if you guys remember, um, he hired a strength and conditioning coach, Chris Doyle, which was like, uh, he had got a lot of heat for it. Because it, it could happen to anybody. Uh, but they ended up firing him because of some racist oh, comments yeah. that surfaced. So that was his one first questionable move, right? Whatever reason. And then now, um, I don't think nobody can kind of question like his coaching staff or anything, but Tim Tebow again. What does that do to the locker room? I either think it makes him, it unifies him, and we don't know if he makes a team or not, or... If you're in the outside looking in, it's going to break. So is it this... conceivable to think that maybe Tebow is being added and it could have been as a coach or as an assistant or something, but to be like a hip, hip, hurrah guy for Urban Meyer in the he's, locker room with the he's players. Rudy, he's the Rudy. Of the yeah. Team. <laughs> he'll, he'll be so, like the, so it just kind of goes to show you, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that makes no sense to me, but everybody has their opinion on that. Nothing against him, Tebow. Right. Uh, but that's just it, what I wanted to make. No, so no, only it's, the, it's, it's dude's it's, making nine hundred and twenty k, man. Power to him for for sure. All right. Yeah. So with that in mind, I got three teams so far in the playoffs. Josh, you got three teams. Yanko, you got four. So that means in the two divisions left, you got three team uh, three teams left. Me and Josh have four teams left. Let's jump into the AFC East. Another good division. Uh, in this one, just so you guys know, again for note. The AFC East is playing the NFC South and the AFC South. So those two divisions are going to be the, the eight teams that they're going to be facing off against. 
I think we're going to agree with number one, but I, but with what Josh has said in the previous podcast of the Chiefs not being that good, I'm not sure, or not even making the playoffs. That would mean they can't be number one. I'm, I'm going to stay with the Chiefs. I don't think any of the teams here I, – I believe the Chargers are going to be really good, but the Chiefs are just – they're too much, and they only got better oh, if you ask me. We're talking AFC West. Oh, sorry, East. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, East. Sorry. Number one, I got the Bills. Sorry about that. Number one, I got the Bills. We're in the, we're on the East. My mouse moved. AFC East, I got the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is a stud. He's the, the defense got better. The running game got better because they got a good running back. They 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 they're a good team. But any thoughts on that? Do we agree that the Bills are number one? I agree with the Bills. I think it's after the Bills that there we're gonna maybe find some yeah. disagreements between each other. Probably. So shall we just move on to number two? Bills, one hundred percent. Bills are there. Bills. Bills are a good team for sure. Number two, Genko, you go ahead, and I'll mention mine last. Fins up, Dolphins. Okay. Josh? Pets. I got the pets as well. So, Yankel, you're the one that's different here. Go ahead and expand on the, on the fins. I just think that I'm going to lean on the fact that Coach Flores is was a potential contender into the playoffs towards uh, the end of last year. I think they've made better moves in the offseason to better and sure up around Tua. I think Tua has a decent season, not necessarily to say that he's going to be the next Dan Marino in Miami, but I think Tua is a good game manager. He picks up where he left off in the good things and has shaved off the bad things or at least minimized the mistakes. The Dolphins have good, I think they have good coaching. I think the Dolphins have uh, experience now. And I think they did some good moves in the offseason, both in free agency and in the draft to address some of their needs and surround Tua with, with a supporting cast. I just don't trust Cam Newton yet in a system that he was out because of injury. He was maybe able to study it, but not practice it. You can be book smart and play book smart in the NFL, but you need to be able to execute it. And I'm not sure Cam can execute it. That's if he starts. If Mac Jones starts... I just don't like the fact that it's Mac Jones in, in general competing against uh, a season to a season, more season in regards to NFL experience. And it's, it's too much. I don't, the Pats have a way of molding their defense and staying relevant. I mean, how many times did we not discount the Pats last year, at least personally, I'll talk about mm -hmm. myself and uh, doing like a pick them challenge. And then, because, find a way. and then they would find a way to lose. They would find a way to, to not be as effective as we're used to seeing them. I think there's a lot of bravado and a lot of carryover from the huge tenure that they had of success. And until they either get reassured at their quarterback position, I don't think that they are better than the Dolphins. So I, 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 I got to remember, we got to remember that COVID hit, right? And the Patriots lost, like, the entire defensive team that two years ago had a historic, historic defensive year to the point where they put up top five running back numbers in fantasy football. I mean, they were just – it was ridiculous what the Patriots were doing. Now, they, they, they beefed up on defense. They are getting all their players back. I agree. I don't trust Cam Newton. 
But here's a player. Here's a, here's a person I trust. 100%. Except Chung. They're not get, Chung isn't coming back. Chung, Chung has retired. So yeah, you're right on that. But here's somebody I trust. And that's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has seen Tom Brady win a ring. He has gone out and, and spent money like he never has before. You can bet. I would bet anything that the Patriots will find a way this year to just be successful. Mac Jones, I don't think needs to do too much to win. And to combat the Dolphins situation, I don't like Tua. I, 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 the Dolphins were good last year, except when Tua played. So to <laughs> me, there's a lot of question marks still with Tua. I, I think he's under a game manager. So to me, the Tua situation actually frightens me a little bit. Now, if Tua comes out and proves us all wrong, or, or, or the ones that we, the, the people that think Tua isn't good, then suddenly the Dolphins can even compete for the division. I just really don't believe in Tua. So you now, don't think Cam starts this year? No, I believe Mac Jones starts. I, I, I don't think, I don't think Bill, ba- I think Bill Belichick has shown in the past that he can win with the rookie quarterback. I, you look back at what Tom Brady did. He didn't necessarily start that year. He, he started by accident, but he still ultimately started. That's so and the backup, man, they paid him, I think 10 million again to stay. I'm not sure another year. Start, I'm not, I'm not even sure he's on the team. It's not guaranteed Cam? money. He's not, it's not guaranteed money, bro. If there is one coach who doesn't have feelings, that's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is not going to be afraid of cutting Cam Newton. And if it has to be, okay, Bill Belichick is the one guy who looks at the big picture and think about it. Does Cam Newton really benefit Mac Jones? They're, they're running completely different offenses. So if you're, if you're Josh McDaniels, why would you go in there? I think, I really don't think Cam Newton is, is even on the team week one. Now, that might be note, crazy. To note, they, the Pats did sign uh, Brian Hoyer. Brian, Yeah, and see, that's another one. Brian Hoyer is the guy that Bill Belichick actually trusts. Whether he's good or not, he trusts him as a backup, as a guy who can ju- just know the playbook, that kind of good stuff. I don't think Cam Newton's on the team. I don't think so. But Because of the fluidity at quarterback position, I don't think they can beat out the Dolphins. But we haven't heard about Josh either. Yeah. Uh, Pats... Uh... Everything that you guys mentioned, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but they loaded up on offense. They load up on defense. Everybody's coming back. Bill Belichick is a, is a great coach. Josh McDowell is a great offensive-minded coach. And um, not that they're having a soft schedule, but look, they're playing the AFC South. We already talked about it. They're a dumpster fire of a division. It's, it's, a, it's a division that is in disarray a little. And they're playing the NFC South. Uh, so Saints are in transition. Uh, we don't know what we're going to get with Atlanta. Uh, Carolina's in transition. Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay. So I'm taking pets. And I think eventually Cam is – Cam, I think, was a – was a – what do you call it? Not a backup plan, but – was more like a band-aid. Yep. He, he was just they, they didn't know what was going to happen. He already knows the offense from last year. Let's keep him. And we'll see. We'll go from there. And then Mac Jones landed in their lap. And here we go. So it's it's two different. It, it, kind of you said it, Charlie. It's two different players. And you can't cater two different offenses. So if Mac Jones proves to be the dude, why not start him from the get-go? And I agree with you. You're not going to. You're not going to force him to do much just as long as he does not turn over the ball. And you got him all these weapons. So 
And I would think it'd be, I would think it'd be kind of crazy if you're the, if, if you're the Patriots, imagine going in week one with Cam Newton, you, you're, you've done this whole playbook for Cam Newton and you're going to bring Mac Jones as your backup. At that point, I don't even think Mac, if, if, if Cam Newton were to be for some crazy reason, the starter, I think you sit Mac Jones and redshirt him completely. Like you don't even put him as the backup. You bring in Brian Hoyer and you just kind of just let him learn. Yeah. Because at that point, Mac Jones is not going to benefit from a playbook that he, he's not going to rain the He's not going to run the read option. He's not going to run that play where Cam Newton straight up pretends to be a running back and he mm-hmm. has 11 guys, 10 guys blocking for him. So that, that's so it's, 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 I, I think though, it's going to be a flipper flop, but I, I guess now that everybody kind of looted the points, number three, what do you guys got at three? So the, I got the dolphins at three. Yanko? I have the pats at three. I have the dolphins at three. So, so we agree. We agree. That, yeah. <laughs> so we agree that the jets are the dumpster fire in this jets are dumpster fire. Now the question is, they're going to get better playoffs, but who makes playoffs? So I got a division. I got two teams in the playoffs in this division. So obviously the Pats and the and the Bills and the Bills and you the same Yanko, Pats and Bills. No Bills Dolphins. Bills Dolphins. I actually have three. So I have the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Pats. Which is not crazy. I I just feel the Dolphins again. The whole Tua thing scares me, and I think if they're in the playoff hunt, at the end, the experience of another quarterback is ultimately going to dethrone their chances. And we'll talk about those in the next division. So that means, Josh, you have – if you pick three, you only have one playoff team remaining. Correct. And Yankel's one, I got two, two as well. All right, so let's go into the final division, the AFC West. AFC West, I kind of talked about it right now. I won't talk about it too much. I got the Chiefs one. They got better. I really do believe it. Uh, Super Bowl hangover or not, they're the best team in that division. It's starting to closen up. But I still think the Chiefs are, are the best team in that division. Same. Chiefs. Hey, I, I'll go back. Casey. They, they're just ahead of the game in, that, in their division. And it's uh, because of Patrick. Real quick, Yanko, because you're always good at like researching. How many times has Andy Reid missed the postseason? Just missed the postseason. I don't think it's that many times. <laughs> was when give, me, was a give me a couple of seconds while Josh... Yeah, go ahead, Josh. Conventional wisdom would tell you the Chiefs win this division because of everything we just talked about. But I'm going to stick with my guns. I opened my mouth and I said the Chiefs are not making playoffs, so the Chiefs are not winning this division. They can't win. Whether whether it be because of whatever, injuries, Super Bowl hangover. I forgot to note this. They played the NFC East. And the AFC and the AFC's North. North. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. Correct. Uh, so so who's, everything, your one? who's your one? Everything points for the Chiefs to win. And obviously that's a lock. But honestly, um, it's not the fandom in me, but I think the pressure's on. The, the pressure's on, man. This experiment is going to tell you yes or no. So the fandom in me saying Raiders win this division. And I'll explain why right now, but I'm taking Raiders winning the AFC West. Wow, that that was not that would okay. Be guys, so just... great. Okay, J- Josh, let me just ask you this, okay? Because this is where I'm I'm very shocked. Mm-hmm. You you are saying both the Chiefs and the Chargers are out of the playoffs. Then. So it's going to be a close race between Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders for one Broncos playoff. Are, spot? Broncos for one playoff spot. Broncos wow. are a dumpster fire. Something's going to derail the Chiefs. I'm telling you. 
I'm no prophet. I'm no, no fortune teller. No, but history, history is on your Something's side. Something's going to happen with the they Chiefs. They might call you and a prophet if that happens, bro. Yeah, bro. It's going <laughs> to derail the Chiefs season. And that's it's just going to be enough for the Chargers and the Raiders to pounce on this. And you, you said have, it yourself you right now. You have inside information on Patrick Mahomes <laughs> going to masseuses? Uh, I... A trainer. I, I know a trainer that is going to take care of some business for me. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't necessarily disagree with the Chiefs not being number one. It's not too crazy to think that a team like the Chargers are going to leapfrog them. Um, but to not make the playoffs, I, I think that's nuts. But all right, I, uh, you're sticking with your guns. So I'm sticking with my guns. I'm sticking, again, all conventional wisdom tells you the Chiefs are going to win this division. Now, the are, because is that totally they, opinion because of your Raiders? Maybe you're thinking of it bouncing the right way. Are you just hoping for that? What? Like no, the Raiders win it? No. I, okay. I, I flip it the other way. Okay. I, I straight up flip it the other way. The Chargers are on the come up, but they're not there yet. My personal opinion. They're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, but they're not there yet. The Raiders, I think, in my perspective, is they have to win now. They have to win now for this Gruden and Mayock experiment, and more so for Gruden. Like, the, the seed is hot. No, they do have to win. That's for sure. I just don't think they can win. You, you're the only team, again, you were the only team. It was early, but you were the only team to beat the Chiefs. You were able to figure something out, right, whether it be just do enough defensively and outgun them. And on the second game around, you had them again. Not in the ropes, but it was a close game in Las Vegas. So I think you have the, the right – the right sizzle, the right seasoning to match up. And, and you already showed the Chiefs that you can go toe-to-toe with them. They're not blowouts anymore. So I, I think because of the situation, the Raiders are in win now. So they, I'm not it, saying it, that they're more talented. They no. have to win now. You're just saying with your prediction of the Chiefs collapsing, for whatever reason, that it, whatever the case may be, the, 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 the Raiders take, take it upon themselves to take advantage of the situation. Okay, right. so let's jump, let's jump to number two. You're saying Raiders, we're both saying Chiefs. Number two, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I, I actually believe that the Chargers are so close to winning the division. I love Justin Herbert. I do, bro. It's Justin Herbert. It, it, the Chargers, and I think their defense is going to get really good next year, too. They were already oh, Williams. Good. Yes, sir. Mike Williams, bro. He's a, he's a, he's an interesting pickup in fantasy if you want to have a, mm. an, a, what is it, an insurance for, for Keenan Allen. But, dude, the Chargers are stacked everywhere. I, the Chargers are a good team. Wh- who's your number two? Josh and, and Yanko. So I have Chiefs and then Raiders. Okay. For the same reasons that Josh were mentioning, or do you want to expand on the Raiders? Uh, Josh, as it's been known to be on this podcast, he's the pessimistic Raiders fan. Not today. Realistic. Okay. Today he's realistic. No, t- today he's optimistic. He's, <laughs> I just, I think they get better, man. I, I, well, what, what, were been, they last last year or third? They were third. Third. They who was third? The Raiders. I was asking if they were last in the division. No, the Raiders were second in the division last year. There you go. Wow. What? Wow. They were second. The Chargers were third, and the Broncos were fourth. Okay. Good to know. It hasn't been as a as great as the increase as I would like it as a fan, but progressively, it's kind of like the rabbit and and the turtle doing the race right they're the turtle man (laughs) but they they've had a steady increase in success from when Gruden got there to now one game one and a half games 
the fact that they flirted with the playoffs this year towards until like week was it 13 when they played the Dolphins. That's when it collapsed from there. But that's when right. it collapsed. But the fact that they were in playoff contention, be it that it was the rest of the AFC also collapsing to a degree or not, they played with, with what they had. They had a realistic shot at beating the Dolphins if it isn't for Fitzmagic and some like craziness. Man. But in typical Raiders fashion, that's what happens. I want to believe everything that Josh said. I just think that it's a steady increase and improvement that puts them in second. Okay. It's, I like Justin Herbert. I mean, he is who he is. I just don't think he's there yet to overcome it. We've talked about it on this podcast. Quarterbacks are essential. And, you know, in this division, Patrick is king, but Derek has been nothing but Mr. Consistency. I don't know what they're planning with the two running backs that they got. I have no idea what they're going to do with their offense. I'm interested to see it, but they're playing the NFC East, right? You said? Yes. Which I don't think is a, a strong no. division. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, NFC East. Yeah, sorry. sorry I don't sorry. think it's a yes. strong division. They are playing the AFC North, which is like, <sighs> and with the release of the schedule, I think the Raiders potentially can go 0-2, but then they can bounce back. So my take real quick, just to wrap that, my, 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 my way of thinking when it comes to this is let's take the quarterbacks out of the equation. Let's imagine there's no Mahomes, there's no Carr, there's no Herbert, and there is no ultimately whoever the Broncos quarterback is going to be, Teddy or Drew Locke. Out of those teams, the more complete team would actually be the Broncos in my case. I would think the Broncos are the best. But other than that, I would think the Chargers are a close second. The Chiefs and the Raiders – it would be a little bit of a toss-up, and I think I would put the Chiefs. I, I don't like the Raiders as much, but that's when I, when, when I factor in Derek Carr, I think he's got the most experience out of everyone other than McHolmes. He has more experience than Mahomes, but I he's the most consistent one. So I like that concept. I just think the, the sky for Herbert is just so high, and the floor was already set so high that I think it, you can only trend it's upward. It's crazy to think that, for, at least for me, that Derek Carr is the oldest quarterback in that division. Yeah, it's nuts. And the most experienced, and, and again, he he's he's trashed by the media and by the fans sometimes unfairly because he's good. I like Derek. I think if it were not for Derek Carr, the Raiders in my book would be number four, which transitioned me over to number three. To me, the Raiders are number three for the aspects that you've already mentioned. I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. I agree with you guys, except for the fact that to me, the Chiefs and the Chargers are above them. So to me, the, the, the Raiders are number three. Who are your number threes? Chargers. Um, mine's a toss up. Uh, I already told you who was winning it. It's between chiefs and chargers because of everything that I just mentioned. Um, I think the chargers are going to be great. I don't think they're there yet. So maybe a team that wins is in in the games. Every single game might win. They're going to be in all the games, but they find ways to lose. They're going to be in all the games. Uh, I I think, uh, Herbert learned a lot. Uh, but I think a lot of teams didn't see him coming. But now they do. Remember, the, yeah. the NFL yeah, knows. Really. And then the pressure's on because of everything you just said right now. He set the bar up so high. It's not to say he – but now the expectation is that much higher because you did that your rookie year, and there is such a thing as a sophomore slump. I'm not saying that it's going to happen no, with no, Herbert, no. but I, I think we're just enamored with what he did in year one that we're automatically expecting for him to do the same thing in, in year two. And that often doesn't happen that way. He's a great quarterback. 
he's going to be great and, and he's going to compete and the Chargers are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They're, they're, going, they're, they're coming back to relevancy, but I don't think this year is the year yet. Well, and the last one, to, of course, the Broncos. Yeah, interesting Broncos. to note that the head coaching record uh, for Andy Reid, his first season was in 1999 with the Eagles. He was with the Eagles from 99 all the way up to 2012. In that stint, he missed the playoffs four times. In 2013 to 2020, he's missed the playoffs once. So in 20 years, he missed it five times. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. However, however, he's only been, and obviously making the playoffs is a huge advantage. He's only been a Super Bowl champion once. He's yes. been to the Super Bowl three times. Yanko, what was his, I don't know, maybe I'm putting you on the spot, but if you can find this out, what was his record after losing the Super Bowl? Those two times that he lost it. Does it happen? I don't know if it's so. In the in 2004, they went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh huh. The two in 2005, they went six and ten, did not make the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next one. The next year after that was in 2006. They won the the division, but lost to the Saints in the divisional game. Oh, so they've only made two. He's only made two Super Bowls now. He's made three. He's made three. What's the other? What, what, well, they lost to Tampa. Bowl? Right. Wait. They, well, we don't know what happens this year. I know. No, 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 no He's no. only made it twice. Yeah, he hasn't he's only made, made it twice oh, to the Super Bowl. He's made it three. No, Andy Reid has made it three times. They what won the, the Super, Super Bowl. Against Bowl? The, yeah. They when? won against the Niners. Oh, Andy that's, Reed? Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Back to back. Back to back. But, but, but okay. Yes, right. But, but again, it loses to the point. I'm not saying the Chiefs are, are, are atrocious team. No, they're very talented, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. But the anomaly of the Super Bowl hangover lingers here. That's all I'm yeah. saying. No, and yeah. that's why I asked what happened because that, that team was pretty. It was a stud. Eagles team. were stacked. Yes, but remember, Eagles were stacked. They did implode after that Super Bowl. The whole Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb went. It just it, it blew up. Nothing like that has happened in Kansas City. It could happen. I just. I think if there's anybody who can break the whole Super Bowl hangover, can be the Chiefs. In, in his career, he has a, a 62.9% regular se- season winning record. In the postseason, the years that he did make it, he has a 53.1% winning record. Which is still pretty good. It's still good. Days. It's still good. I mean, given that he had such a long stint with Philly. Yeah. Right? I don't want to add salt to the wound, Charlie. But if freaking Jimmy Garoppolo completes that throw to Sanders, we're having a complete different conversation. And once again, we're saying Andy Reid is a great regular season head coach, but he can win the big one, just like Baltimore has great regular seasons. Is it fair to say that that he may be a little distracted this season, this offseason, with his kid going to jail? You you know, that's that's where it could happen. You know, and and... Again, history is on Josh's side, but Patrick Mahomes is just Patrick Mahomes to me. And that's the the difference. But all right. So just to wrap this whole AFC thing and just kind of get into the playoffs and get into the yeek, because we've definitely taken a lot more time than we were going to take. Obviously, you guys only got one team left. So Yanko, you got the Chiefs. Yeah. And Josh, you got the Raiders. Okay, I got the Chiefs and the Chargers going in for my final two teams. So with that in mind, I'm just going to tell you the order of how I have my teams in the AFC. 
I got the Chiefs as the number one seed getting the bye. I got the Colts at number two, the Bills at number three, the Ravens at number four. That That's the division winners. Then the, my three wild cards are going to be the Browns at number five, the Chargers at number six, and the New England Patriots at number seven. That's my order. We'll get into the playoffs as we go. Uh, Yankel. One through seven. Browns, Colts, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Dolphins, Titans. Okay. Josh. Uh, I didn't really was like too crazy on this, but I'll just throw the names. Uh, Bills, number one. Uh, Browns, number two. Colts, number three. Raiders, number four. And then um, I have the Pats, Ravens, and um, Dolphins. I'm curious, Josh, uh, with your Raiders at number four, obviously they're number four because they win the division. Do the teams under them have a better record than the Raiders? Yes. So you think, obviously for the Raiders, when they're probably going to be very close to all the edge of almost missing it, right? They just win it and then, okay. Correct. So something like that. All right. So just quick, and on wild card round, I basically had the Colts versus Pads, Bills versus Chargers, Ravens versus Browns. Just to kind of wrap it up and get to the final point, after all of my matchups, I have in the AFC Championship, I have the Chargers facing off against the Colts. And I got the Los Angeles Chargers in the Super Bowl. And, bro, your love for Herbert just like... I love Herbert. Just, you have a halo for, like, like Justin Herbert around your face, I'm sorry, bro. dude. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 it's not, again, it's not just Herbert. I like the team that the Chargers have built. The foundation on that offensive line. The defensive line, that's how you start winning championships. They got good running back, and they got good receivers. I I, I, I can't fight it. As much as I don't think Herbert's going to have the season he had last year, I think the team is going to be so much better, and they're going to find ways to win. And I and in my, in my predictions, I actually got the Chargers beating the Chiefs in the playoffs because I think the Chargers can beat them on the third time around that they play. So that's, that's um, mine. I got AFC Championship. I won't go through matchups, but AFC Championship, Bills face the Browns. And who wins? Yeah. Who wins? Throw it out there, bro. These are these are gonna come back. Bills. Bills. Bills Mafia. The Bills go back to the Super Bowl and win wow. their first Super Bowl. Oh, so you're saying winning already? So forget the NFC. Well, no. Let's just say Bills win AFC Championship. Say, all right, Bills win the AFC Championship. Yanko. I have Browns Bills as well, but I have the Browns up there winning, Browns. taking the AFC. Yeah. So, so right here, we got three different opinions. We got Chargers, we got Browns, we got Bills. The exciting thing is the three of us agree that it's going to be something different. We haven't seen it. It's exciting. So that's pretty cool. So I'm excited. For, it's, this is fun, though, because we, it kind of shows how even though three guys that talk about football, we have such different thoughts many times. And it just at the end of the day, I can guarantee you that we're missing a random dark horse. There's going to be a team that was not expected to the Texans. You know, you do. Okay. Let's put the scenario. What if the Texans suddenly the whole lawsuits get lifted? Deshaun's not going anywhere. And Deshaun gives them a chance to fight, especially in that division. So it's not too crazy to think that the Texans could even end up in the playoffs as crazy as that sounds. But all right, this was uh this was the addition. We'll have to talk about whether we do the NFC next week or we wait two weeks so that Yankel can be here. So we can do the NFC together. Wait two weeks. We'll wait. We'll probably do that. So that way we can, we can go into that. All right. Uh, let's transition into the Yankle Yeet. We'll go into that, and then we'll we'll kind of rush through the rest of the show since we're we took forever on this one. All right, guys, the Yankle Yeet 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 is back and better than ever. 
And this time I'm going to go scheduled around or base myself around the release of the schedule. Now, for the casual fan, everyone's excited. Everyone's waiting. I said I was doing it. And as I said last time on the podcast, I get to see the Raiders in Dallas. It's on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving game, 3.30 Central Time. And guess what, gentlemen and gentle ladies? My cousin gets married in October. So I am not missing out uh, on the game. However, for the, for the, thanks, for the casual fan to be able to try to and solidify our chances of going, it's a little hard. Why? Ticket sales go off immediately. So, for example, week one of the schedule release was leaked early, purposely by the NFL. That meant that NFL tickets for week one went on sale earlier than everyone else. I I got three devices ready, my cell phone, my laptop, and my iPad, ready to go, Ticketmaster.com, so that I could buy face value. I try to do this every year, and this year I got a little closer, but I didn't make the cut. I didn't. I don't. I didn't want to pay for overpriced tickets, and it's hard, man. Because we, as a Raiders fan, I knew that I was going to have to pay a premium to see them this year. I have to pay a premium for Thanksgiving. I have to pay a premium if I want to see them in Vegas, and to travel to Vegas is going to be a little bit. But hear me out, guys. Charlie was able to share the cheapest Raiders home game tickets. As of this moment, okay, what's the cheapest game? If you want to go see the Raiders in Vegas in the nosebleed section, the cheapest game is against the Chargers at $300 a pot. I still have to fly to Vegas. I still have to stay in Vegas. And I still need to eat in Vegas. Aside from the fact that I'm probably going to go into different things to, to keep distracted while the game gets there. If I wanted to see the Raiders on Monday night, against the Ravens, $800 each. And that's the cheapest one, not considering service fees, not considering taxes. I would conceivably have to play close to $2,000 for two tickets in the nosebleeds in Las Vegas. Now, am I a crazy fan that will pay it? Yes, I'll pay it. Not that, but I'll pay. How crazy am I? Well, I've already bought a parking spot, one. For 250 bucks to tailgate on Thanksgiving in Dallas. I still need to investigate how I'm going to do it, how early I need to be there, how, how it's going to happen, who's going to participate, who isn't. Fact of the matter is, this week's yeet is the cost of fandom, the monetary cost of fandom. Fortunately, I have some resources saving from last year because I wasn't able to see the Raiders into this year, a little bit of a sugaring and lathering up the situation and the subject to the missus who also has uh let's just say a, a good stake in yanko's financial decisions but it's so expensive it's so hard and it's just it's it's mind-boggling that i would almost be paying super bowl type money to see the raiders in a regular home game now, if you're a, an El Paso and you are a Steelers fan or you're a Jaguars fan or you're a, a fan that isn't close geographically to El Paso, 
you're you're going to understand. You you feel me? But to pay that much, it hurts. It sucks. I, that's not even considering that I'm going to pay to get a new jersey, maybe some new hats, maybe some new shorts that have a little emblem that say the Raiders on it. But this week's Yankos eat isn't necessarily towards anyone or towards anything. It's just money. It costs to be a fan, and this year, I might have to really, I might uh, pull a a Trump and not release my taxes and how much money I spent for the Raiders. <laughs> and that was another edition of the Yanko Yeet. Man, that's that's good stuff, bro. Realistically, I realistically, I might go see them uh, in October against the Eagles, and that ticket is five twenty-five each uh, as it stands right now. But a little bit of a quick tidbit and maybe a. An advantage for our listeners, if you're re- willing to roll the dice, the closer you get to a game, the conventionally, the prices start dipping a little bit. But if you're not willing to roll the dice and you want to pay now, that's what it's going to be like. Right. If, if you if you wait up, even even so, e- e- there's even times when you can actually drive up without a ticket and there are fans there that will sell them to you. Correct. But that's, that's a big gamble. But, but many times, if you wait till almost game time, it has happened when you, but they'll sell it to you under face value because they just want to get something back for it. Correct. So, a uh, quick note on that uh, and an example. I was curious to uh, test that theory. It was Monday Night Football, Redskins back then, now the Washington football team against the Cowboys here in ATT Stadium. And about 20 minutes before the game started, nosebleed section inside was $6. Wow. Yeah, so. th- th- that's awesome. So, like I said, it's still a gamble, though, because you hypothetically, you're not going to make all those expenses, I guess, to travel somewhere and then you don't get a ticket. So it all, it all and then you got to play it off as somebody that, you know, you know, you got to make sure that you you don't look like a like a newbie to those guys, because they'll, they'll definitely get you. All right, guys, let's talk team schedules real quick before we before we go into the would you rather section. So the re- the schedule was released. Uh, let's kind of just jump into week one, and then we'll just so many any of these big games that were brought up. Yanko, you and me, we got it, bro. We said Cowboys Bucks would open up the season. Yep. We got it on the dot. So kudos to ourselves on that. And Jake, uh, Josh wasn't there for that show, but we got it right on the money. Are you are, are we are we pretty pumped about week one opening night? I think it's a good game. I think America's team oh, versus sure. Brady. Heck yeah, man! I mean, I want to see them implode, of course. That's, that's, that's the, I don't know. You know what? As much as, as much as I, I'm, I'm way past my Cowboy hatred. So I'll probably, not that I'm going to be cheering for the Cowboys, but I would not be upset if the Cowboys went in there and upset the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I really wouldn't. I, I don't think the, the, the Cowboys are that good of a team. So I think if they win early September games, they'll find a way to blow it up in their own face later in the season. So I'm, I would prefer that the Cowboys win this game, but I know you guys are excited Monday night football. The Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders finally open up the season at, with actual fans. And it's the only Monday night football game? Yes, sir. So that means oh, which is you, a reasonable time. You get to watch it at 7.15 your time, my friend. 6.15 El Paso time. So Right in the middle of the CYJ podcast. So uh, it's safe to say that that, what, that that edition that edition will be a Charlie only show. No, I'm just kidding. We'll have to delay. No, that I'll one. go live, but our listeners will definitely have to be ready. For no, I, oh I, I, my god! I think it's safe to say that we can't do that one live for the sakes of whenever your team plays. You have to just this. I know, I know when my Niners play. I don't want to do anything with the podcast. I just want to talk. Watch my Niners. It's it's one of those things where I I just I like to engage. But we'll get to. We'll hit that bridge. 
when we get there. But uh, big games that kind of bring out uh, – there's the big one, obviously – Packers and Saints. That's kind of that's kind of interesting. Bears at Rams. I, th- I found it interesting that the Bears at Rams is a Sunday night game, considering that the Bears are a very iffy team. That's got to tell you that the NFL is almost going to try to force that Justin Fields starts that game week Ooh. one, because ratings would be through the roof if Justin Fields ultimately starts that uh, that game. Were you guys excited with your with your how many primetime games do the Raiders have? You guys they know have putting... the they have the Monday night game, they have a a Sunday night I think. Here I I have this I have their schedule I can look that up in the. So while you're uh, looking that up, week two guys Chiefs, Ravens Sunday night football that's gonna be a hell of a game. Week three Sunday night football the Green Bay Packers visit my Niners that's gonna be a hell of a game as well. I, I, I'm excited. Anytime the release comes out, you start kind of maneuvering your schedule, your personal schedule. How can I make it work? When does my, I know personally for me, is like, I, I, I immediately go look to see when my team has those early morning games because I hate early morning games. And then you're like, okay, what, what do I got to do to maneuver and be able to watch this game? Josh, any thoughts on your Raider schedule? Anything that kind of comes out of it? Or are you, are you optimistic? I, uh, I hate, I hate, hate that the opening game is till Monday, bro. Every I hate that. Year. I hate that because I have to wait. Starting since Thursday. So Thursday, Sunday, the whole slate of Sunday games. And then till Monday. Still go to sleep. <laughs> I barely get to watch the game. So... I'm glad they play Monday night, uh, but, but I wish it could have been like a week too. Oh, they yeah. It's, on on Monday, once it you wait, it's awesome. They yeah, have two ahead. Monday nighters. Yes, they do. I'm, I'm they looking ha- at it have, right here. They have two Monday nighters. They have the Thanksgiving game. And the Sunday they have a Thursday night game, no? They got a Sunday night versus the Chiefs also. I think it's week 10, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. They have a Sunday night. So that's Sunday, two Mondays. The Thursday night is the Cowboys one which is uh, on Thanksgiving and to be determined it's either going to be the Browns game will maybe be on a Saturday. The Chris, right. the Christmas game. No, it's, Christmas the, it's either weekend. December. It's December 18th or 19th. Right. Uh, it's, it's that whole flexing thing that they're. Oh, uh, that's what they did last year yep. too. huh? Correct. Yep. And there's a really, let's see. No, no, that's it. That's it. So just a little note for the Raiders. You guys actually have four games. Either your first four games, two of them are Monday night. So right away on week four, once again, you're back on Monday night. So the NFL put it in a way where they're giving Gruden the opportunity to showcase his Raiders. So we'll know right away. Whether Last this time is- that happened, they got beat uh, a pulp in Washington. Yep. So just, just for the listeners, because we, we have a little bit of, of different fans out there. Let, let's kind of look into the, the, the Packers schedule. That's a, that's a team that people look into. Right off the bat, they got the Saints. A team that's kind of trending, eh, you could say that they're almost trending down. I don't, I don't know how I feel about Jameis Winston. Then they got the Lions. So the Packers, with this whole drama, they could hypothetically start 2-0 right off the bat. And by week two, people will have forgotten the whole Aaron Rodgers drama. Do you guys agree that if they start 2-0, the schedule, it makes a difference? Now, that's one. Another team that comes to mind that we have listeners, let's just talk about the Cowboys right away. You know, Cowboys, Cowboys are here. Right off the bat, guys, 
right off the bat, the Cowboys have to play the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's not an easy game. Right after that, they got the Los Angeles Chargers. Personally, I don't think that's an easy game. Then they got the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia is not a good team, but it's a divisional game. So that in itself makes it not an easy game. Then they got the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers are going to be a pretty good team. So as, as crazy as it sounds, the, the Cowboys don't have an easy start of the schedule for this year. So for you Cowboy fans that are expecting good stuff, just, just be wary because it could backfire very, very quickly. And just a final team that I want to note are the Chicago Bears. Interesting. They got the Bengals week two. So if they happen to pull off the upset against the Rams week one, as much as we've bashed on the Bears, don't be shocked if these Bears end up just pulling away with the with the little run at the beginning. Of the we season. also have a Steelers fans that listen. So they yes. start off with the Bills week one. Ooh. And then week four, they have the Packers. Week six, they have the Seahawks. They see the Browns twice. They see the Chiefs. They see the Titans. And they see the Ravens twice. And when it comes to that, they are actually rated number one as statistically speaking, as the hardest strength of schedule in the whole league. So number one is Pittsburgh. And then following close at number two are the Ravens. And it probably has to do with the fact that they see each other twice. Yeah. And, and that, that doesn't, that always makes it hard. Uh, that's why always those good divisions always end up in, in the higher end. I'm curious. Can you let me know who the bottom three, the easiest schedules or the nah. easiest Easiest ones, Atlanta, then Dallas, and then the easiest of easiest, Philadelphia Eagles. So, see, it's funny because it works the same way in the other way. You know, Eagles and Cowboys, terrible division. They automatically have six games that the NFL considers are easy games. So, yeah. And middle of the pack is Texans, Chargers, Jaguars. With the Niners at... uh, They're like in the middle, though. Yeah, they're like... 24. Yeah, something like that. That's what I was looking at. It's good because last year we were like top three and hardest schedule. So that'll be good. All I know, what are the Raiders? What Eight. strength? Eight. So that's that's always – I have noticed that it, it, it's it's crazy because the way the schedule – it's like you already know who you're playing, but a lot has to do how that schedule is actually put. Sometimes you'll have a great team, but they have such a ridiculous start of a season, and that just breaks some teams. And you and, have some, yeah. And the fact that, and not to be a homer, but the Raiders last year were the team that traveled the most. They did. East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast, London, East Coast, West Coast. So they. Well, not no London, by the way, last year. For the Raiders? There was no international there was game. no London game. So there was a year before that, that they yeah. traveled the most. And that but takes a toll. That takes that a toll does, for sure. man. That takes that a does, toll. Man. Imagine going to the East Coast. When you're from the I, every West time the Raiders travel to the East Coast, I'm very weary. Yep, yep. You, you, you're. That's why whenever they travel to the East Coast, you're kind of hoping that for some reason the NFL puts it in the afternoon game because whenever it's a 10 a.m. Pacific time start game, those are absolutely tough. All I know is I'm I'm pumped because the schedule's out, and once I get tickets, it's it starts making you feel. So who like, are you gonna okay. try? To, where, where are you gonna try to see the Niners this year, Charlie? Um, uh, I'm gonna definitely try. It depends. I'm still kind of weary on, on how everything kind of goes out, but I'm gonna definitely try to hit the one that I always do. I always try to make the drive the Phoenix, watch the Cardinals play the Niners. I'm trying to see if I can get some tickets to go to a, a California one, and if it's not that one, I did mention it. Nothing to do with the team that I like. I'm gonna be in Denver for the area, give it, visit some family, and we're gonna try to hit. Ironically, guys, I'm gonna try to hit the Denver versus Raiders game. So. I'll be out there with the CYJ podcast banner 
Yeah. And, and some Raider gear for once in, in my life. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. And you guys, well, you already mentioned it, but uh, yeah. So I'll try to, uh, I'm going to see the Thanksgiving game. I'm going to try to make the Eagles game in Vegas and pending uh, the Steelers fan that I know uh, he had contemplated the idea of me joining him and his uh, family to see them in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah, you did mention that before. And that's cool. that's the only way I'll go to Pittsburgh as a Raiders fan because you have a friend. Because <laughs> I have a friend, exactly. Yes, sir. No, agreed. Josh, you uh, Cowboys game. I'm gonna hit up Bianco. Um, we're gonna have a grandest time, uh, and I'm gonna try. Shout out to Gilberto because uh, I'm gonna we're gonna try to make Bears Bears nice. at Vegas. That's awesome. So we'll see what's up. Cool deal. All right, guys. So. That's a little bit of the, of the, of the schedule part. We kind of briefed that one a little bit fast just because we, we spent quite a bit on the, on the actual AFC part. So let's go into the would you rather. This is always a fun time to talk about. Would you rather? Who wants to go first? Do you want me to just start and just kind of get it going? Or how do you guys want to go about it? I can go oh, first. right away. No. Ooh, I like it. Let's go, Mr. Yanko. Conventionally, you don't draft a kicker in the first round. Right. Sebastian Janikowski. Other than Sebastian Janikowski. However, if you had the first overall pick and had the chance to pick a kicker that had a 100% chance of making a kick from any range, would you take him at the first round? Wait, any range, like 99 yards? or Any range. And 100%, he'll never miss no matter what. Never miss. Would you... Rather spend a first round pick. I would. What's the the other option? Or there's no option. Just yes or no. Just yes or no. This one's a yes or no. Okay. Yeah. If I know it's a hundred percent guarantee. Heck yes. If I know that condition going in for sure, (laughs) there's no doubt. Bro. Heck I would, I would get the ball and kick a field goal every time. I'm first down. (laughs) (laughs) Think of it. Think of it. You kick, they kick it off to you. It's 1452 on the clock. You kick the field goal. You're up 3-0 at the 1450 minute mark. You go and you can't punt it. Then you you have the best defense in history because you don't need offense. You can literally, you can literally have 52 defensive players on your team. And just just keep going. So that's that would be my take. I would I would kick and I would just win games 15-0 every time. And really what I'm trying to base myself on is not other than the Raiders with Seabass. No one really picks a kicker in the first round. Nobody really picks a kicker, I think, to like the fourth or fifth round. Because we've seen, I think the last one that was picked high was second was Mr. Aguayo. And we saw how that turned out. It was uh, it was terrible. True. Too much pressure. Oh, I think indeed. too much pressure for a kicker to be drafted that high because it's such a mental game that it, it backfires. I'd and be curious. You've got, you've got ballers like Young Kohu. Yeah. And, and think about where, where was Vinatieri drafted? Where was... uh. Vanderjack. Vanderjack was really good. And then he had that whole mental issues at the while. Or Dan Bailey. Guys that have historically been good, you know, I don't even think they were drafted. They might have just been undrafted guys that were picked up. Favorite picker, favorite kicker of last year in fantasy? That would have to be for me, Rodrigo Blankenship. Smallest dude, biggest shoulder pads, goggles as, as glasses, but he was making kicks, bro. He was good. Young Way Who you mentioned, he was really good. And I believe it or not, this kid, um, 
your guy Carlson was actually helping me out a few times a few Ooh, weeks. He, he was, missed some crucial kicks. He did, but fa- but fantasy wise, bro, I don't care about what you miss. It's just about the ones that you make, and that's more than enough for me. So those those are the ones. That's a good one. I like it. All right, guys, I'll bring mine out, and it's a little bit not necessarily football strategy. It's more of a fan standpoint. Would you rather? you have an option of a pay-per-view kind of thing for a team, kind of like Sunday ticket, but you get the option of just picking your one team. It's an expensive package. Or you have the NFL open up negotiations to cable channels, kind of like in baseball. So your team will be on a random cable game, but every, every week you'll always have the chance of watching it on just cable. So the true TVs of the world, the... NFL network of the world, but you have to go look up at the guide and you got to check, you know, it's going to be on TNT tonight and it's going to be on lifetime for some reason, but you know what I mean? It's, it's just going to be distributed all over the place. What would you go with? And they're both the same price. No cable cable is going to run you whatever cable runs you, but the, the pay-per-view probably will run you. Let's say, what what is what is a box what boxing fight cost? I don't know what it much it costs nowadays. I, I don't know what it is, but it it costs what like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, something like that. I let's say that between like eighty and a hundred usually. So, so let's say that a football game, since it's less, but let's say that the football game is going to run you forty five to fifty dollars per game, or you get a package for five hundred bucks a year. Uh, which is what Directv apparently right. charges. So but, what's but the difference? Be, let, but let's be real. Let's imagine Sunday tickets out of the door. If the NFL were to do a package where you could pay five hundred dollars and just watch all your games, just your guaranteed games, many people would still do it because mm-hmm. that's that's what they do. So remember, in cable or, or or in this sense, what would you prefer? I would prefer cable. Because I'm guaranteed that I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch the 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 game, but it's gonna be in a totally random place, right? It, there's gonna be more legwork involved because I'm gonna have to look up the guide and blah 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 blah. But I would kind of choose that route. So cable. cable, it's a little different for me because I don't pay for cable. Would you, would, would you pay for cable if that was the case? If you knew that it was gonna be always on True TV or TNT or for 16 games out of the year. Probably, but I would I would do the math, man. I would do the math because if let's say it's something crazy like five hundred bucks to get a version of Sunday Ticket, I would look at the schedule and say how many primetime games am I getting? Mm-hmm. How many of these games am I going to that I'm not going to see it? And then how many of these games will I actually have to pay for? So maybe at that point, even pay per pop, pay pay per game. Almost yeah, I would. I think I would lean on the pay per game because. I try to see every game, but I now I have uh, commitment issues when it comes to signing a uh, a contract that's expensive. Oh heck because, yeah, I agree. Uh, no because contract, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm a, kid, how much I'm a cord cutter, man. For sure, for sure. And, and at this point, I would say it's something where you just—it's more of a stream package where you pay. Because that's what the trend is going nowadays. And I think once these whole negotiations, I think there's going to be a lot of that once DirecTV is kind of out the door. That's why. Now, would you, and I know this has, but it's kind of in the same category. Would you all be interested in a, in a scenario where like in the NBA, they offer the package where they, you pay like $2 and they give you the last five minutes of a game? 
would you be interested in something? Because I know me, I need to see every snap of the game. Nah. That doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me either, man. I don't care nah. if, they're gonna, if they're losing. I'm watching every snap. The first whistle to the last one. But what about for other teams? Would you pay suddenly if, you, if you're you're on your house and you don't have access to the game and you know it's a good game and they're not showing it because it's the afternoon game, but it's the 205 game or the 305 in your end. Would you pay, I don't know, five, ten bucks to just catch another game? I'm I'm too much of a a, a Raider fan to not watch it. I'm paying up the top. The only time that would be convenient for me. No, is no, I'm, I'm, I'm referring. It. Forget the Raiders. I'm talking another, like just other good games. Oh, 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 oh that's oh. what I'm referring. Kind of like to replacing not- a NFL Red Zone. Right, exactly. You get to pick specifically what you want. Mm, nah, I don't think so. I can I'll wait for. Hi- I'll, I'll I, wait I for would. highlights. I, I would. I, I I like to see every. Like for me, that's what I do. Whenever the Niners aren't playing, it's Red Zone. It's 100% red zone. I want to watch red zone 100%. And I'll probably have like three other TVs for the other games on Sunday ticket and just kind of do the whole deal. That's what I like to do. That's just, that's, that's Sundays. But what about you, Josh? I got to watch the game, man. Um, But I'm not talking Raiders. Just general. Let's just say your Raiders game was early, you know, at the door. The 220, we've seen it, guys, where sometimes the 225 game looked sexy and then it's a terrible game. But unfortunately, the other game is on CBS and these are on Fox and the CBS games are out of, they're just not in range for that. For that, I think this year I did a little bit more either for the same thing you, you said right now, Charlie, when when I was already done with, with like the Raider game, um, I would tune in a lot to Red Zone. Yeah. Uh, just to chime in for fantasy purposes. So maybe unless Red it was Zone a, a unless it was. Unless it was like a very sexy game that I wanted to watch because I know it was going to be a good game, um, but it it kind of rare because usually they've been already slated in a way where it's either going to be the Sunday night game or it's going to be the later game in the afternoon yeah. on Sundays. Uh, so you know, for for rental purposes, I do wish that they split them a little more. Where you had like evenly yeah. six in the morning and six in the afternoon, and just kind of went with it. All right, just a, just a just a little thoughts there. All right, Josh. Okay, so this might come as a as a homer, but um, I I need you guys to be um, unbiased as possible, okay? And really put your thinking hats and see what they both have accomplished, and they're very similar, okay? So if you were to start a franchise uh, with what you know now, would you build it around? Matthew Stafford or Derek Carr? Build a team, you mean? Yes. The ground up, but that's my only foundational piece. Stafford. You're gonna, you're, it's quarterback. Yeah. You don't know what running backs you're going to get. You know what receivers you're going to get. Now, one has been around for a little bit longer. Matthew Stafford has been in the league since 2009. Derek Carr, obviously, since 2014. Just to kind of give you guys some perspective. They're very similar in accomplishments, uh, not necessarily in stats because one has been around a little bit longer, but I'll throw you more facts that way it let so it simmer have, in your head. Real question would be just to, to start kind of thinking, is this at this point of their career or if they were both rookies and we knew what they were going to do? They, you already know what they're going to do. So the knowledge that you have right now, if you want to start them as rookie, that's fine because I know one is a little bit older than the other. That's why I was very, asking. They're not that far off because Stafford's what, 33? Car is going to turn 30. So, 
you know, so I, they're still kind of in the peak of their career to a certain degree. Um, so but Stafford. Yeah, so Stafford. With what you know now. Stafford for me. Okay. I, I, I go. Yeah. They're both similar and statistically. They're very similar. Very. And they haven't won. I think they haven't won crap. Yeah. I think they both. Have they ever been to the playoffs? I think the Raiders have been to the playoffs. Derek just didn't make it because Derek hasn't made, hasn't gone to the playoffs. Yeah. And then he lost his leg. We, we talked about how, when Stafford did, but it was that no call. And Dallas, just trying to get my gears together here. And I we do it just. The, I want to go with the uh, faith, love, and Derek Carr, man. <laughs> he believed in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? The the fact of the matter is, the Derek Carr. I just like his personality more. I think he's just more professional, more buttoned up, and he's just an overall very presentable face of your. Uh, team, he's not going to say the wrong things, type of guy, and he just looks more athletic. I think he just legitimately looks more athletic than Matt Stafford. Maybe Matt Stafford is he doesn't have the jawline of Jimmy, that's for sure. However, wow. however, ask his wife, I think she probably thinks, but anyway, <laughs> now I'm going to go with Derek and not, not to be necessarily a homer. But I just think Derek uh, has even then has more of a running ability to get out of a situation than Matt does. I actually think they're both the same on that aspect. I think what? He, when have you seen Matt roll? Bro, out? Matt, he does roll out more than you think. I think he's just, no, he does. He really does. I'm not even kidding. Like I, if we go back and check, he does do it. He really does. He's so underrated for that. Has he ran and jumped and flipped to get a first no 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 absolutely not i'm i'm saying i'm not saying that they're at the same level i'm just saying he's a little bit underrated for that and and power wise i would put matthew stafford top three in arm strength i think he has a better arm strength than Derek carr and that's where i think Derek carr is close to to matthew stafford it's it's closer than we think the only thing that kind of throws me off is that matthew stafford has had a kelvin johnson and Derek Carr hasn't had a Calvin Johnson in his career. So, but Matthew Stafford's career jump started even better the moment Calvin Johnson left because he stopped having that tunnel, tunnel vision, vision to- towards Calvin Johnson. I, I, I like the characteristics of Matthew Stafford. Let, let's put it this way. If, if the opportunity was out there, kind of like it was said that Matthew Stafford had a chance to go into the Niners. I was, I was pretty excited about that. If you would have told me Derek Carr had the opportunity to go to the Niners, I wouldn't have said no to that, but I wouldn't have been as excited to pay the price. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think I would pay a first rounder for Derek Carr and I would for Matthew Stafford. If they're both at the same peak is if you kind of get where I'm saying, that's, that's just my take on that. So not here's to some, take in, not to take away some, some stats for you guys. Okay. So you guys can understand the similarities between these two players. That me. Both of them have never won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Never. Okay. One I already three. told you that. I already told you that Stafford uh, has been in the league for a little bit longer, about five years. But look at the completion record. Matthew Stafford's career percentage completion is sixty-two point six. Derek's completion career uh, percentage is sixty-four point four. Same. Um, 
touchdown to intercept interception ratio. Uh, totals are 282 touchdowns for Matthew Stafford, 144 interceptions. Derek's is 170 touchdowns, 71 interceptions. Uh, Matthew's uh, touchdown to interception ratio is 1.95. Derek's is 2.39. So very, very similar. I think the difference is, is Megatron. I think Derek has you switch the roles in the positive in regards to statistically positive numbers. If Derek has Megatron. So, but we do see that uh, Carr has thrown less interceptions than Stafford in, in the ratios. But I do have to say that a lot of those interceptions were because of Calvin Johnson, because of the whole tunnel vision. Because how many times it was he flinging it to force it to Calvin Johnson and it just wouldn't work out. So I think Derek Carr getting a Calvin Johnson would actually work against him. Maybe, maybe at the beginning of his career, maybe not now, but at I the beginning the, of the career. The best receiver and Josh is going to have his own Krebs. Yeah, his own opinion. I think the best receiver he's had is Crabtree. I don't think he's – I haven't seen that amount of trust with any other receiver that he's had Waller, other than Crabtree. I know he's a tight end, but Waller last year had a better chemistry. But Crabtree, I agree. I think receiver-wise, yeah. That's growing with Waller, yes. But Waller is what – and successful well, year two out of three? Yeah. Yeah. Crabtree was the guy. I mean, Crabtree was well, we're which going is crazy because Cooper because Cooper was supposed to be that guy, but it was Crabtree that brought him to another Crabtree, level. Was... Crabtree's success was still there even with Amari. Yes. Yep. He was just a bigger so, dog. Out of the two, I would go with Derek. Uh, I think that you're going to get the same thing out of both players. Um, I think Derek is a little bit more athletic. I think Derek was a little. Shell shock since he got that injury, but before he would uh, he would roll out a lot, and he would he would uh, and and Matt, not that Matthew isn't, but but Matthew's a little bit more. He can roll out of the pocket, escape danger. He's a little bit. They're both very underrated at, at the athletic aspect of them, but uh, I do think Matthew has a better, a little bit better arm than Derek. But overall, I think I would go with Derek. Who do you no, all think that, has a longer tenure in the NFL? Well, Stafford's already been out there because he he got to the NFL pretty young. Um, I would say Stafford. At I the end of the career. At the end of the career, I think it, it's Stafford. You're saying who who'll be longer, right? Who'll be in the NFL? Yeah, longer? If, let's say. Yeah. If we count the years, I, I would say Stafford because he's already been around so long, and he already he's coming into a new team, and, and teams are still paying that heavy price tag for him. Whether we all believe, we all, the three of us agree that Carr is underrated, but not everyone believes that. So I don't think everyone values Carr as much as they should be. So I think eventually his, his ceiling is going to start dropping sooner than, than Stafford's. If you, if you kind of, cause I almost feel people see Stafford and Carr at the same level right now, even though Carr's younger, if that makes any sense. So yeah. that's why, that's why I feel his career would be a little shorter. Not to say it deserves it. I just feel people are very unfair with Carr. That's really my reasoning to answer that question. Back. All right. So that was a good, that was a good, that was a good questions for sure. I like that. We trying to expand a little bit more in, in, into this question. We got one mailback question. So just to bring it out there, this is, I don't know from who Josh, but I know you brought it out to us. Shout out to Mr. Chris Huerta. There you he's go. a, he's a listener and he's a Steeler fan. So shout out to you, brother. 
So a good question for the podcast, which team or teams that were top five in offense defense last year, last season, pardon me, falls and what team replaces them now that the draft and free agency is done. So we kind of went into that right now with the, with what we did. I got two teams that come to mind. Sorry, Mr. Huerta. <laughs> One of them was the Steelers just because of the whole big Ben question mark. I, I We've already talked about it. I don't even have it in the page in the, in the playoffs, if their defense is good and the running game, like uh, Yankel said, maybe not, but I think that the Steelers would be one. And in the NFC, a team like the Saints has a lot of question marks for me. Jameis Winston. If Jameis Winston learned his turnover mistakes, then watch out for the Saints. But if not, the Saints could be in real trouble. So a quick, a quick point uh, just to kind of illustrate the fact, Charlie. Um, I know you already jumped on board, but that way people, uh, listeners get perspective. Uh, we're talking about team defenses, top five in the NFL last year. And offense. The number, the, yeah, so I'm going to do defense first and then give me a little bit. Maybe you guys could chime in on defense and then I'll mention offense. But defense, the number one ranked defense last year was the Rams. Number two, the Ravens. Number three, the Steelers. Number four, the Washington football team. And uh, wrapping up number five, the Saints. So, so for sure, I, I'll stick with those two comments that I mentioned for sure. Though the the Steelers and the and the and the Saints for sure. Those are just my two. And I know I know what I mentioned was technically the quarterbacks messing them up. But to me, if you don't have a decent quarterback, you're making it so much harder for your defense because your defense can only stop so many plays. So that's my reasoning for the Steelers and the and the uh, Saints not being as good. I want to go along with what Charlie said. And who replaces them? I think the Browns jump in to top five in oh, regards yeah. to uh, defense. And then I think the Colts jump in. Did, did you say the Colts were top five? Last year, no. So I think the Colts jump into top five. So think about, so just so you sub the ones that I said, who would substitute for the Saints in the NFC? The Colts. Oh, or in the NFC. Sorry. I thought you meant. It doesn't have to be. But just so so this is this is NFL. Okay, yeah. yeah so it's yeah, in the just, NFL. I'm just, I'm just saying for sake. Uh, who so Rams, saying? Rams, Ravens, Steelers, Washington football team, and the Saints on defense. Colts make sense. I agree with you with Colts. But if you had to put an NFC team, who would you put there? Are you trying to fish for the Niners? No, no, no. I mean, I agree that it's the Niners, but I'm not necessarily <laughs> trying to, I think there's a lot of teams that could hypothetically end up in that situation. I think two teams... Kind of, in my opinion, two teams creep up. Uh, one is the Dolphins, and the other is the Patriots. In top five, or just creep in top up? five? Yeah, top the, five. Pa- the Patriots are a really good pick because of the whole fact of all the players that are coming back. I just, I Crazy. just feel like the Dolphins were sixth last year, and they're only going to get better. And they're just, only going to get better. I just feel like there's more defense because I'm trying to think to answer your question, Charlie. And every team that pops in my head knee-jerk reaction is an AFC team. So I feel confident to say that I feel like there's more defense played in the AFC than there is in the What about NFC. the Bucks? I mean, the Bucks so are... The Bucks, the Bucks were eighth last year. So they were, they were up there. So to me, in the NFC, it's either the Bucks or the Niners just because of the defense is coming back. With there them. But, it but, is. No, really, it's the Bucks. Really, it's the Bucks. <laughs> the defensive line on the pass rush of the Bucks, And they kept it, everyone. And remember, the playoffs that the defense of the Bucks had was ridiculous. I think the I don't know what the numbers are, but I would say that the defensive team of the Bucks was just ridiculous. 
but probably was the number one team of the entire playoffs. Now, I don't know. I'm just talking out of my butt at that point, but I would say based off of what we saw that the Bucks. so if they can just kind of carry on that, the Bucks could be even top three next year. So that'll, that'll be interesting. To the see. bears usually have a good defense. I can, I think if they just put their, their everything together, I think they can creep up in rankings too. They're a team that could definitely be there. Yeah. So those are defenses. So, so now to, to go offense. So top five offenses last year, based out of the football database website. Number one, no shocker, Kansas City, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Minnesota Vikings, and Green Bay Packers. So two teams that fall from there for me are the Titans and the Vikings. Those two, two, two teams are going to fall. I just Can you say it one more time, Josh? Chiefs, Bills, Titans, Vikings, Packers. I think the man, I really think the Packers have a chance of falling off of the top five. I still think they're top ten, but I think they have a chance of falling off in the top five. I think the Colts have now that they have a, a better quarterback situation, not that Phillip wasn't a good quarterback, but I just feel like it's an upgrade from Phillip into Carson that they move up a little bit. Uh, and your rookie, rookie running back is now a seasoned running back or a better running back. So I think the Packers fall out, not a top 10, but a top five, if, especially if they don't address it other than uh, Devontae Adams. And if I had to pick another one, I would probably go with the Titans solely because I don't think they're they're pretty anemic at the wide receiver position. And moving up, I think the Cardinals can move up. So I think what put the Titans in the map was the rushing because yeah. they rushed for 2,680 yards. Jesus. Uh, and so... Uh, and just to kind of give you guys some perspective, near number six was Arizona. Number seven was Tampa Bay. Uh, number eight was Las Vegas. Number nine were the Chargers. And wrapping up top ten were the Colts. I will say that, though. The, the, statistically, the strength of the Raiders was offense. And if they keep improving, they might creep yeah, in, into the top could. five, too. It wouldn't be shocking to me. Obviously, I'm going to stick with my guns on that. I'm not going to – I don't have to talk about the Chargers. That's the team that would have placed. But the one that I think would not shock me, and that's why I think this team is to watch, would be the Rams. Because I think they already have a stud defense. Mm, with and, the, and the addition of Matthew Stafford now, what they were able to do with Sean McVay, watch out. Because I think Matthew Stafford immediately makes this team so much better. And last year, at the end of the year, what's this kid's name that uh, the running back who who kind of started? Acres started really hit it off at the end of the year. So you add those two pieces, and I could see the Rams really creeping into the top five. So and just for is- kicks, guys, just just for kicks, um, can you guys tell me who the bottom three offenses were last year? The Jets. Jets. Were the Eagles there? Nope. I'm gonna say. Are the Jaguars there? No. Okay. So They're towards the bottom, but okay. So the uh, Jets, the, the Jets were the worst. And then what are the next two? I'm trying to think. What? No, that's offenses. Not a... Offenses. The... Offenses. Uh, and I'll ask you the same for defenses too, and then well, I guess we'll wrap up. Raiders right. on defense. 
Yeah, what so about offense. The- so it's offense. Wait. We're talking offense. Oh, offense. Oh, offense. 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 Um, were the Patriots down there? Nope. They were towards the bottom, but so this is right. crazy. So the Jets were the worst. The next one were the Giants. And the one after that, get this, was the Washington football team. That it makes sense. That's that's not too crazy. Offenses now, defenses, bottom three. Raiders you guys can take a gander. Raiders is one of them. Bottom three. Yes. Okay. The Raiders. The Raiders were thirtieth. Okay. Um, the Jets. The Jets. Nope. No. Oh. Crazy. Okay. The Jags. The Jags were thirty-first, and who was the worst defense last year? Chargers. No. Cowboys. Nope. No, they weren't that as, bad, actually. As crazy as that is. Uh, well, I already got Bengals? one right. The Bengals? Nope. No, you're saying crazy, actually. Is it NFC or AFC? Just to kind of... NFC. NFC? NFC. Uh, the Seahawks? Cardinals? Saints? The Lions. Oh, oh yeah, they, they we were forget about yeah, I, for, I totally forgot about the Lions. They're pretty bad. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't. So, th- I wouldn't so think go. that they were last, though. I, I, I'm shocked that they Crazy, were last. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's based out of statistics. I guess they were so uh, bad and, overall that you just. And they were last because I think they allowed the most. Um, it's just overall, like the yards and completions and touchdowns yeah. allowed and a whole bunch of wow. Bunch well. Of stuff. Well, good stuff for sure. We got an answer and we actually went into it more than, than we planned. So that was good stuff. All right. So let's jump into the final parts. Number one, director's cut. Do we have anything to clear up? Uh, yes. So just two things. Uh, number one, the Ravens first round pick was Rashad Bateman. Oh, thank you. Bateman. Rashad Bateman. And um, I think you alluded to this point, Charlie, but the Titans uh, were ranked 28th in total defense. Yeah. That was it, guys. Well, so cool. that means they were close to the bottom. Yeah. They were. And, and just so we make a note, I'm ready to have my segment. I didn't, not for today, but my segment will be ready after we conclude with the NFC rankings next week. Ooh, I will start me. having my power rankings. Not going to do them weekly. Once the season starts, I will do them weekly, but I'm going to have one start way too And if you're okay with this, Charlie, uh, we were penning this, and this was brought by one of our listeners too, and uh-huh. uh, they gave us a. Uh, what do you call it? An idea for butterfly effect. So maybe next week we can do the immaculate reception. Yeah. Yep, that was actually the plan. We decided just to we pin just that went one a in. Bit crazy on well, AFC. It's, it's it's good because we can go in depth with that one since Yankel won't be. And here there's a week. lot. Yeah, there is a lot that we can go in with that one. Yankel won't be here, so we will put the NFC on hold. Two weeks from now, we'll go ahead and jump into the NFC uh, rankings with that in mind. So, man, good stuff. Hopefully. Uh, Yanko, basketball team. What's your basketball team? Mavericks. Mavericks. Oh, you both are Mavericks. Wow. Okay. Well, Lakers, hopefully the Lakers bounce back. Mavericks. I know I'm going for the Mavericks too. because They want play them. tomorrow. I'm looking at the game right now. So the Bucks, got, they shellacked. By What's over the score? 30 points. That game is over. That game is over right now. It's Portland and Denver. And Denver is up by 18 in the second quarter. But wow. don't Denver's up? Denver's up, but don't discount fellow nation follower and fan Dane Lillard. Let's do it. All right, guys. Fun times. Good stuff. 
hopefully next Monday, my blue cross, Cruz Azul, please. Guys. And Chelsea, Champions and, League. Bro, this is a, a weekend to remember. Guys, another edition of the CYJ Podcast. Till next time. Deuces. Adios.